The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Inquiries of Our Reality. And if you're a first-timer, thanks for coming and checking out the show. Today, I have an awesome guest for you guys. He's actually a good friend of a recent guest, actually, Al. If you guys haven't checked that episode out, I definitely recommend going back and checking that one out. Uh, Not that these ones fully pertain to each other, but uh, it's kind of on the same level as this one as far as uh, encounters and things go. So uh, without further ado, because I don't want to take too long before we get into the show, because this is a pretty uh, heavy-hitting, long episode, let's uh, knock the front of the house stuff out. So uh, if you guys don't mind reviewing the show, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, Hopefully five stars, and if you guys leave an awesome review on iTunes, I will definitely read it on the show and give you guys a shout out. Uh, You can also share the show with a friend. That's a good way to help the show grow. If you know anybody that's into any of these weird open-minded concepts. Just drop the name of the show and uh, maybe they'll look it up in the future. Uh, If you guys want to get some updates on the show, go and check it out on social media. If you want to have some awesome conversations with some awesome people, uh, go and pop into the Telegram or Discord channel that I have set up for the show. Uh, If you guys are interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, experiencer, open-minded individual, philosopher, anything weird like that, anybody that wants to get into an open-minded, deep conversation about some weird stuff, hit me up. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, You can do so through email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com, or uh, you can shoot me a message on Instagram. That's the one that I'm the most active on. And uh, also on the link tree, there is a submission form up at the top uh, that goes to my email also. Uh, More often than not, it seems like everything goes to spam or junk, and I do reply to everything. So make sure you keep an eye out in your spam and junk folder and make sure that nothing gets lost. Uh, If you enjoy all of the weird stuff that I do, I do do some other shows. Uh, Go and check out Bizarre Encounters. I do that one with my two awesome co-hosts, Oren and Jenny. Uh, We got a lot of cool stuff going on over there. So uh, go and check that one out if you haven't already. And uh, if you want to just kind of keep an eye out on anything different that I'm doing, no shows I'm expanding on, uh, go and check out Open Minds Media as a whole. There you kind of get updates on everything that I'm doing all on one page. So uh, that's one way of doing so. Uh, If you guys want to support the show, there's multiple ways of doing so. Uh, The first one is you can go and join the Patreon, and uh, there you'll get early access to episodes, you'll get uh, live feeds of episodes, you'll get the live replay of episodes if you're not able to make it to the lives, which is like the video format of episodes, and uh, there will be a Patreon exclusive show, which is called Inquiries, Thoughts, and Theories, which will be kind of like a spinoff of this show. Um, so definitely go and check that out. There's always some cool stuff going on over there. Uh, you can donate on Red Circle, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. Uh, all that goes towards the show and hopefully makes it so that one day I can do this full time and maybe get to a point where I can do some more deeper dives and I can hopefully maybe get to a point where I can drop episodes for you guys almost every day. But the only way I'm going to get there is with your guys' help. So I appreciate anything that you guys do. Um, you guys can also go and get yourself some awesome merch for all of the awesome shows that I do. Uh, Open Minds Media Merch Store. There you'll find merch for all of the different shows. Got hoodies, got t-shirts. Uh, if there's anything else that you guys happen to think you might want as merch, let me know and I will see what I can do about adding it to the merch store. If you guys want to get some different gear, you want to go and get some uh, cryptid stuff, some alien stuff, some paranormal stuff, go and check out Crypto Theology. 
Uh, Joe's killing it over there, always adding new designs, so there's always something to find over there. Uh, everything that I've mentioned, all available under the link tree. I'm not going to sit here and say it in the beginning of the show, so uh, go down to the show description, you'll find it there. And with that, please welcome the man of many titles, Brian Bowden. How's it going today, man? It's going great. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, I'm alive. I'm well. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't like that a week ago, but uh, yeah, I'm good. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm glad that everything ended up working out in your favor, of course, because, you know, after any kind of huge medical scare, you know, you start reevaluating things in life, so... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like this was a, this was the big one. I mean, um, went to my doctor just so everybody knows a week ago from when we were doing this right now, um, I suffered a massive heart attack. It's called the widow maker. So I, you know, and they, they, you know, put in a stent and, um, got some really cool things about that on the bizarre side. Um, I had a right branch problem. And the doctor, after the procedure, they put a stent in, which looks like a Chinese finger lock, but it's made from like some kind of like um, surgical metals and it opens your, your arteries up. So most people that when they have these, um, they're gone. I mean, you know, you'd be dead, but they did the procedure. There's two funny, well, interesting things there. Um, uh, Earl, before I had this heart uh, procedure and this problem, Early in the day, my my cousin's daughter had their first kid, and um, it was ten thirty eight a.m. in the morning. Their first daughter was born, and I was like, "Oh, this is great, you know, and you know, this is wonderful, great." And then as the day went on, um, around nine p.m. that night, you know, almost twelve hours later, I'm a, I suffered. I started suffering a heart attack. We got into, you know, they got me into um, the hospital here, and like seven minutes or something like that. And 12 hours after that child was born, because I was praying to everybody at that point, I was like, I need, I need to be here for my kids, you know, the wife, the whole thing, please help me. You know, I, I prayed for my dad, my uncle, anybody, my friend, you know, Jesus, Buddha, everybody got mentioned in this, you know, a shout out to Buddha, you know, <laughs> it's something going here. Um, and at 10 38, PM, I was reborn. That's when they put the stent in. And I'm thoroughly convinced my uncle who died earlier last year, you know, before um, about a year plus ago, his great granddaughter was born that day. And his nephew, I think helped, he helped me to be reborn. So uh, I think that was part of it. Another cool part was after the procedure, you kind of feel like a billion times better, of course, and you're awake through the whole process and they wheel me out and the doctor's on the right. My wife and a friend of ours is on the left. And my wife goes, this is a doctor, you know, that did the procedure save you. I said, thank you for saving my life. And he goes, well, I was just telling your wife that um, I've heard about this uh, before, but I've never seen it until now with you. Uh, You have a right branch problem but the right branch started to grow its own bypass. And without missing a beat, I went, that's because of the alien implants. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor looked at me like, what's he on? And my wife's like cracking up. She goes, no, that's my husband. He does paranormal stuff. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Which I think is pretty incredible that your heart, I've never heard of that. I mean, I studied a bit of medicine. I have a background in, in sciences. I was going to be an astrophysicist and, and, you know, physics and, you know, and astronomy and some other stuff. 
and I was thinking about medicine, but I don't like being with sick people in hospitals. <laughs> but um, I, I knew the, I know the liver regenerates, but I never, ever heard of the heart creating its own bypass on its own. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, I'd um, never heard of that either. Well, I mean, I do have um, RH blood, if you if you want to know. Every, I'm not kidding, but and 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 I had a couple of um, missing time experiences, which I'm aware of uh, within the last year. So um, maybe there was something you know going on there. Well, I, I would care. love to get into those experiences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no problem. I'll, I'll get into them uh, without a doubt. You know, just. Let me know when. <laughs> well, I guess a good spot to start, because I did uh, say that you were the man of many titles. Uh, I guess kind of give the listeners a rough idea of what those many titles are, and then I would love to get into uh, some of your experiences you've had relating to those titles. And then on the back half, because I know that people come here for the theories, I definitely want to get into some heavy theories and some deep thoughts with you, since you said that you were uh, going to be an astrophysicist. So I feel like yeah. uh, you'll have a lot to mention on that front. <laughs> not, not a problem. Um, so... I, I, I've always been, like I said before, I've always been interested in science and, and, you know, monsters and UFOs and all that stuff as a kid growing up on these movies. But, um, you know, I'm basically a boots on the ground research investigator for everything, anything, uh, mystical beasts, um, you know, paranormal, um, what do they call them? Metaphysical. Um, on top of that, uh, I do have, I do have a background in business as well work for trading. I do uh, screen printing. We have a company that does that as well, but I've, uh, I love the whole para universe of, of stuff. Um, I'm specifically like cryptids, you know, Bigfoots and, 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 you know, those type of uh, creatures. I'm not a fan of the dog man, which is, you know, lichen or a werewolf. Um, it's a, not a nice thing to see <laughs> or come across. Uh, I don't know. I know um, my my partner in crime with Bronxville Paranormal Society, Al, has been on your um, I think a show um, and probably like less than ten episodes back, and he was sharing his just Sasquatch experiences because again oh. he's a man of many titles, so yeah. I could have him on for days, I'm sure, just like you, and still barely scratch the surface of strange experiences <laughs> you guys have had. <laughs> well, we we were getting into, so, so being a man of that many talents and doing these things, I'm always researching and investigating. Um, he, he almost got mad at me at his daughter's wedding, which we were invited to, beautiful affair. He's like, don't bring anything paranormal. You know, my wife's going to kill me. And as he's walking, him and his wife are walking down the aisle to bring their daughter to the, you know, to the spot where they're going to get made. I, I lifted out of my, my pocket, a K2 meter. and went, look, <laughs> and he started laughing. He's like, you're an idiot. But, um, so I'm always investigating these things. And because of my background in, in the, the scientists, I'm not saying I'm a scientist. Okay. I, but I, I kind of go with the methodology. If, if we can replicate something, then that gives you proof. Scientifically, that will give you proof. If I can, let's say I can, and I've, I've come up with ways to, um, pretty surefire ways to help bring in craft UFO and uh, have other paranormal experiences using a certain, you know, process that we have. And I've been able to mutually replicate it in, in, in multiple situations. So I'm putting a lot of weight on it. Now, some scientists will like, well, that's, you know, the probabilities and they'll get in the probabilities. You get the math guys, right? You know? Well, the probability of that is the square root of pi divided, you know, 
if you can kind of replicate it and I can pass it off to you and you can replicate it, I think that's pretty successful experimentation and proof. Um, so that's where I, I try to get to, but you still always have a lot of hypothesis. The theories are always there because this is an ever changing and ever evolving um, study. And you can't just lock in on one thing. I initially, when we started, we'll talk about Bigfoot for a split second. I knew Bigfoot as being Pacific Northwest, and that's where Bigfoot lived, right? Patterson Giblin film, Patty. There's no other Bigfoots anybody else there. And the, uh, what is it? The Tibetan Mountains, the Yeti, mm-hmm. right? Bombal Snowman. Wrong. <laughs> I was in Connecticut in the 70s, and there was a giant freaking monkey in my window at three o'clock in the morning. Stink, stunk the high heaven of, of uh, in my in my summer camp, scared the hell out of me. I couldn't get out of the bed and I had to go pee. Um, there's going to be a lot of pee pee stories. So, <laughs> trust me. Um, and I stood there, you know, I, I was in bed for a good hour, and this thing literally the head was bigger than the window, and the window was three feet by three feet. But I was, you, you know, I was literally millimeters in glass between this guy going and breaking the glass and pulling me through a window. So, um, but that happened in Northwestern Connecticut. And then of course, later on, um, not thinking because I'm thinking Bigfoot's in Pacific Northwest. I'm just blew it out, you know, and I'm also younger at that point. When you go back and you research it and you find out that there were three Sasquatch sightings, Bigfoot sightings, no more than a hundred yards from that property the same year. What did you rationalize that it was as a kid? Like, what were you thinking that it was? I thought maybe it was like, um, it definitely had the the face. It, it, it had the nostrils of, um, not like the gorilla nostril, like flat, like, like um, I'm sorry, I'm going to say a, a, a person of color. And, but it was like a gorilla mixed with a person of color. It was just ginormous. I mean, it was exaggerated size, like a giant. And I'm not one of those, you know, I watch horror movies. I'm not one of those like, oh, that's a blah, 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 you know, that lets your mind, you know, it was like, it literally was in the window. I can simulate with this window here is like this. Just kind of looking out of curiosity. Well, yeah, there was a bunk. It's a long bunk of like uh, 20 beds in there and it's dark and all these kids are there and they can smell things better than you and see in the dark and whatever. So I just froze because the window is right by my feet. Um, I thought it could have been like, okay, is that a giant monkey or cause we had Daryl Dawkins, the basketball player that would come up to camp and every once in a while counselors, you'd mess with kids. You know, he, w- he would wake kids up like, you know, whatever they come back drunk, <laughs> scare the crap out of the kids and have a fun time. Right. But I knew that all the counselors were in bed because all the lights in the bunk were off at that point. This was not that. And, you know, knowing the skunk spell, Skunks are everywhere. I know what that smelled like, but it was a little bit more fl- rotten, fleshy. It was just, it was un, it wasn't normal. I'll just leave it at that. But I kind of, I don't have a point of reference because everything points to Pacific Northwest. Nothing pointed to anywhere to the town I was in. Well, I didn't know it at the time. There was a couple of sightings in the 1800s, but um, no one's ever talked about it. So I would, well, I would naturally not assume that, um, oh, there's a Bigfoot in my window. Now, if I were able to go back now in time, I'd be like, that's a Bigfoot. You know, that's a Bigfoot. Like, hey, Hunter, wake up. There's a Bigfoot over here, you know. And um, 
and the kid would scream like a little girl, <laughs> you know, like what the hell is that? <laughs> but um, I would, I would actually enjoy to be able to investigate it more. Maybe like, you know, do you want some candy? You know, something like that. Just to whatever, play with it. I mean, I may have been scared too. I mean, it's not when you, when you come up against something that is eight, nine feet, you know, or taller and hundreds of pounds, I mean, we're like 900 pounds, thousand pounds. It's not like, like, you know, Hey, Hey, you, you want some, you know, it's this thing can kill you. Mm-hmm. Think about this. I mean, even like a small primate, they have the, the ability to like pick a human up and like throw them. So I just imagine a primate that's that big, but it's fully capable of, it could probably exactly. pick up a human with two fingers and throw you across the room. So I always use the example of remember when Michael Jackson used to walk with bubbles, the chimp a long time ago, you see those pictures with him, little bubbles mm-hmm. to chimp, right? Bubbles is, you know, that big, maybe like two feet, right? Yeah. Two, that three chimp feet. had the ability it, it will to literally rip Michael Jackson's arm out of his body without even thinking about it. And that's a two to three foot chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. Fast forward nine feet, you know, Big, big story. I mean, um, I, I, I don't re- recall, but I'm sure Al told you about the, the bull missing a head. Yep. Surprise bull. Okay. I was even going to no say, joke. too, I recently was talking to somebody about saying that they've seen tree knocking done with their hands. So that just kind of shows like the power oh, and yes. force behind the smack that people are thinking that they're grabbing a log and smacking a tree. But imagine hitting a tree with your bare hand and making that yeah. knocking sound. Yep. Or being physically able to pull the tree out of the ground without him batting an eye, you know, and be able to braid the trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's very impressive. Um, so that was my first experience with Bigfoot. And then, you know, um, we did an investigation in 2015, a day night at this one location. And we had another encounter. This is where, everything really, really changed for me on talking about theories and stuff with this creature at that moment. Now I was, I'm I was one of those things thinking scientifically like gigantopithecus, you know, the, the missing link, like, yeah, okay. Flesh and blood, you know, cool. And we had an encounter with this, this, this creature and um, it was, it did a bluff charge. It did these, you know, all this crazy rock knocks, uh, tree knocks. And basically what it was doing, where we were, we were two miles up into this lake area. There was no way to go. It's pitch black. One way was a goat trail. You would kill yourself. Even if you had the the best light ever, you were not getting past, you know, it was not happening. So the way, the other way back was two miles. And then the only other option is to jump in the, radioactive water there <laughs> not going to do it <laughs> so it was like stand your ground you know and this is there's me al and our friend bill there and i'm going to try to mental picture if you're looking at a sitting down al's in the center i'm to, to the right of this image and this guy bill's to the left and we hear the rock knocks and they get close and then we hear like a response type of thing which is great and then um at one point they i think you know, we found out later and I'll explain that why they were doing what they were doing. But one point we heard something creeping up behind Bill who was sitting next to a, like one of those low rock walls that they build in the woods. If you're in usually in new England, 
you, you'll see them. It, it, it almost looks like a div- divided property. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, there's yeah. a name for those. I forgot what they're um, off the top of my yeah. head. And uh, a lot of them throughout New England. Um, and we hear something coming, and Al's using the parabolic, and I'm you know, you know, doing my own thing with video. And this thing starts making a bluff charge at Bill. And Bill gets up and runs. So Al gets up to intersect with Bill and I get up too, because this thing's coming at us and I wasn't there to run. Al grabs Bill, stand your ground. I'm go to the right of Al. I pull my machete out and I'm like, okay, let's dance. And then Al's thinking he's going to, it's going to be like either a bear or uh, like a cougar or, or whatever it is coming over the, the top and he's going to have, he always says, I'm going to have to sacrifice my left arm while I stab it. You know, it's like, it's, he's like Sergeant Rock from, <laughs> from comic books. And I'm just, I'm, I'm three quarters drawn on a, on a machete because one, um, I don't have any firearms in New York when I was there. Um, two, it's federal property. Don't bring firearms on federal property. You'll go to jail for a year. Mandatory. Um, and it's like, you don't know what you're shooting at technically. So, but a machete, all's fair in love and war. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, you know, we always have like, I have a machete that it, when I'm, we, I go on investigations, I have one in the back of me. I have one in, um, across my chest, ready to go. And one on the side, I have three machetes that I carry with me because I, you know, I want protection. I want to be able to access weaponry if needed at any point i don't intend to use it it's just to defend myself a bear comes at you got a couple of you know like a three three foot blade give me three more feet right mm-hmm. so so that it stops and then nothing comes over the fence so we start looking at it we had um we lighted up bill had like a six million watt can candle watt light fleer night vision um you name it and we run over to the you know where it is nothing's there we don't see a damn thing and we're like, what the hell was that? And then um, Bill goes, you know, relaxes. And a few minutes later, he hears the, the knocks, another tree knock on our side. And um, <laughs> then you hear the following whoop, whoop, whoop. All boom, boom, boom. Like Not three different locations, three different like beings? Two right by us. No, it's a whoop, whoop, whoop. It's it's very the cl- I had a recorder. It wasn't working. I don't know if I shut it off when when I was getting up or I hit it or whatever. It's like the Sierra sounds from a Ron Moorhead. There's like like a whoop sound. It's the closest thing you can get to it. You felt this thing reverberate in your chest, like being at a concert and hearing the bass, and you you know your whole your whole body reacted to it. But it went from where we were, no more than. 10 feet from us, 10 to 20 feet. Whoop, whoop. The third whoop was at the other end of the lake, two miles down. And at that point, I was like, these fuckers are interdimensional. Sorry for the cursing. No, you're good. (laughs) The only way, the only way you can go from point A to point B in two miles in an instant is. First, it would be, oh, there was another one down there. Okay. No problem. They're pretty good mimics, but I know enough about audio. There was no loss in the, in the tonality, any part of it. It was the same animal. So I threw that out. I, I pondered it, but I threw it out. It was the same sound, you know? Um, so the only way, 
my thinking, because I did study physics and whatever, it was able to open a dimension, portal if you want, and then exit where it wanted. And in theory, quantum physics, if I wanted to go from where we are right now to your house, and I knew your location, I can do it. I can open a portal and be right there, right next to you, which would freak your dogs out. (laughs) And I'd be dead, you know, you know, whatever it is, but you can do that. That travel is possible because if you, you don't know what the, the ability of, of different dimensions are and, and how to manipulate them because it's not innate within us and we don't know this just yet. Do you think it has so to do with the vocalizations that that's almost like what opens the ability to open up a portal possibly? Or do you think it has something to do with something that they're doing like mentally where it's not necessarily like a projected sound that may open a portal? Right. So um, there's two answers to your question right here. So what happened is where we were situated, there was a little bit of like a pathway that, and there was another side of the little lake, like a little outlet, you know? So what was happening is there was definitely some other group of them on that portion of the lake. What this was, in my opinion, was a scout. And we weren't leaving after the bluff charge and after them creeping up and making some noise to kind of scare them. Now you also have to understand something. It's kind of hard to explain, but when this experience and this event started happening, there was a pressure or a feeling to the area just was very intense and it started ramping up. You can feel it. You can feel it in your bones. Like, you know, like that feeling you get when someone scratches a chalkboard, but without hearing the chalkboard being scratched. Do you feel like it was a frequency that just wasn't audible possibly? It was 100%. They were, they were using infrasound to get on our nerves and try to get us out of there. And I think we weren't responding to what would normally work with somebody. A lot of people that have encounters or they go in the woods and they're having a Bigfoot encounter and they don't realize it at the time. But they always say the same, I feel like I'm being watched. I just don't feel right. I feel very uncomfortable. I feel uneasy. Some people don't react well to frequency and sounds like, um, you know, they'll get sick from the sound. Um, something of, of very importance here is, in the seventies, they had a movie called the exorcist and my mother and father's, uh, my father's cousin was in the music business. He knew the guy that did the uh, sound for the exorcist. He was the sound producer who also graduated and knew about infrasound. That was the first movie to use infrasound in it as a added effect. That's why the movie was so intense. They knew what frequency to put infrasound in there to unnerve you enough to scare the crap out of you. That's oh, what I didn't even know was. that. That's something you learn something new every day. I did not know that. And I'm a big film yeah, buff. It was, it, I remember hearing about it and you know, it always in the back of my head. And that's why, you know, that again, this is like life layers. Like you learn these things. Sorry about hitting the mic, learn these things here and there. And what happens is then you start applying these things. And this is what, this is how I think this is why Al loves me Um, because I have a lot. I've always been told, you know, a lot about things, you know, I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, I'm not shy about it. And I have a lot of theories probably like you, we're going to get into them. But so I think there was infrasound being in play there and we were just, I mean, it was very intense and, and there was a negativity to the, um, the air kind of like if you're, if you're in the summer and you know, it's going to rain, 
and you kind of can taste the, the negative electrons and the ions in the atmosphere. There's a static or there's a certain like tingly taste when it, just before a really cool storm happens, same principles. Okay. But at what the whoops, the whoop, whoop, whoop wasn't anything other than in my opinion, because there was three of us, right. That was telling the, the relatives or the clan trying to get where we were or past us. There are three of them. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Take the long way home. And that's why the other, the last whoop was far away was it was saying yep. whoop, whoop. And then far distance, right? They're not moving. Those assholes are still sitting there. They didn't get the picture. Um, take the long way home. And, and I'll tell you after that, um, where I was sitting, I heard this crashing coming through the trees behind me. And that was an intense moment. I mean, like that was like, a I call, I always joke around. It's, it was a depends moment. You better have depends. <laughs> on. <laughs> Otherwise it's going to be squishy and messy, but um, it was really intense. And then we sat down and things started to, to die down. You can feel it like, you know, slowly depressurizing and, the next thing you know, I'm sitting there and we're like, holy crap. Um, and I hear this crashing coming from behind me. And then I hear this thud, like boom, roll, roll, hit my chair. And I flew out 10 feet. And then I look back there and there's a, I, I use the term boulder, but it's, it was probably about a 200 pound, if not bigger, a little bit bigger, like rock that was thrown. <laughs> and 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 knocked me out. It it rolled down with such such force that it hit the back of my um my chair and knocked me out of my chair. My chair went forward and and I was like, what the what the hell is that, dude? I just got hit by the the rock. And we you know it was it was big. Al goes, oh, he's always exaggerating. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. You know, but here's the thing about this, which is very interesting. First, it was a hugely intense moment. And then after that, everything was done. It was like, mm, we're good. Um, that creature could have killed me in an instant with that rock. That, that creature doesn't, doesn't miss. All you had to do was just go up two feet higher and it could have been the back of your head instead of the chair. Right. He, he, he or she initially did, just didn't want to hurt me. But was frust I think that was out of frustration. The hell with you people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. You know, it, it was like... Um, I always, I called it the gross point blank moment. Um, when the, 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 the convenience store blows up and, and what's John Cusick is you okay? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> it was, I, I do a lot of jokes, but it, you know, that that's what it was like. Um, big, these creatures hunt animals. They can use rock sticks, whatever. They're really good at what they do. This is how they exist. And, and, you know, they're not going to miss you. If they're missing you, when you're getting rocks thrown at you by a Bigfoot, they're telling you, get the hell out of there. And then they're being very nice about it because once it, if it's really, really important and they're warning you about something and it could be that there's a nursery up there, it could be a clan's coming through. You're, you're getting into like, you know, you're going too close to my house. Don't do it. Um, or there could be another creature waiting for you. That's not a Bigfoot up the head that you're endangered about. And I'll talk about that too. Um, so I think it was a warning for us. Um, and then after that um, one incident, like it was like a lot, 
we uh, decided to pack it up. So let's, let's just go, you know, we, cause we wanted to go in a couple of different sections. And so we packed everything up and we were, you know, walking around to get to the next point and literally just took no more than 15 minutes to get to the next point for the most part. And we get to this point, this clearing, we're at the top of the lake and we're looking out and it's beautiful. It's, 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 it's St. Hollow's Eve. Um, there's a meteor shower. <laughs> I think there was a full moon or close to a full moon. Or part, well, I, I don't remember the, the actual moon status right off the bat, but you can see the stars and you can see from the lake and it's, it's beautiful. And, you know, we're just glad to be walking, you know, going to the next point. And before I left, I have this camera, it's called an Olympus um, S4 and it's used for um, underwater photography. And the reason why I, I took it on this expedition and this uh, um, investigation is because it has the ability of taking nighttime shots so great, but with zero light, the lux is really low, but without artificially putting crap into it. So Very like important. that being said, does it take it almost like a normal picture or is it almost like, like a night vision? I think what it does, it's not a night vision. It's a, it's a normal picture, but I think it uses like, lightens up the tones and makes it so it's visible. Like, yeah, like 100 ISO, 200, 2000, 23, you know, and it's such an instant, you know, that, it can stitch it together, excuse me, stitch it together perfectly. And you get a pretty good shot without using a flash. Okay. So that's why. So I was about to put it in my bag and I said, no, no, Brian, don't be the idiot. That's that guy, the guy that never has the camera ready. So I put it in my breast pocket and as we're walking and we get to the opening, I see this orangish. It looks like a yellow, kind of like an incandescent light on a plane. And it's going from, I'm going to say east to west because, uh, you know, um, yeah, it would probably be east to west. Um, and as it's moving, it's the, it's it's unusual because it's not making a sound. And I go, we're in a row. So it's Al, myself and Bill. And I go, what is that? And I and I'm, you know, so it's go, it's go like this. You can see me on screen. I go, what is that? And it stops. And now it comes right at us. And I'm like, ooh, this is getting good now. Right. <laughs> So Al's like, <laughs> so this thing is coming at us and it's about, it's about 20 feet up in the air, blacker than black, but you can still make out a little bit of the features like gunmetal black on uh, a dark sky. And we're through the trees and Al's like, shut your lights off, shut your lights off, you know, and we shut the lights off. I already has the cat. I have the camera out and I have video of this. If you go to Bronxville paranormal society on YouTube, and look up, you'll see the video. It, it's it's there, and this is unlimited video. If I if I hold down that button for ten minutes, I'm getting ten minutes of video. Okay, but for some reason, it didn't last that long. Less about a minute. And what happened was, on the video, you hear Al go time check, and Bill says nine fifteen. Like okay. And you hear this weird sound like, like this really mechanical and like, 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 like a tune type of thing. And then you hear Bill, what? It's not doing anything very robotic, not normal. Right? So we're like, oh, cool. That experience is over. And we get to the next location, which is literally no more than five minutes from where we're having this, this thing, but the light, this thing is there. It shines a light down on us. 
we're kind of like in the trees. So it's, it's scanning and doing all this stuff. I think I thought it lasted a lot longer than it did. It didn't. We get to the next location we set up, we go to do some things. So if it was nine 15 where that was happening, it should be no more than nine 20 when we get there. And maybe we were, you know, mulling over some stuff. We had to call our psychic back and stuff. Um, and so we're talking another extra 10 minutes. So it should be no more than pretty much nine 30, 15 minutes max on top. Right. So while we get there, we set up, Bill goes and just starts doing some of his own, you know, video recording, whatever. And Al's like, dude, give me a time check. I'm like, oh, sure. It's 10 to 12. We lost two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because this was right after uh, you did the time check and it was 9.15, right? We did the first nine. During the UFO, we do a time check. Because when you have an event as an investigator, you want a time check somewhere. Because then, you know, you, you someone will always, well, you should time check, time check, 915, time check, 1023. That's when the event starts. So then you can go back and listen to it. And like, when's, you know, and then we, usually we try to say like event over 1045. Now we have a window we can look in, right? Mm -hmm. We just get a time check from Al the first time around. We get to the next location. We were setting up, like, give me a time check because she's in Arkansas, our psychic, and we're in New York. Um, so we want to know what time we're calling her, you know? And I said, uh, it's like uh, 1050. And he's like, what? We just, you know, we just left there. I know it was 1150. Sorry, 1150. Two hour, two hour window gone. Like, no way. We look at our watch and I'm looking at it. I'm like, dude, that's what it is. So we're missing time at that point. And then we get her on the phone. She's like, what the hell's going on with you boys? You know, like the Southern Jackson <laughs> comes in and then where we are, we start hearing somebody like a family walking through, you know, we're near the Appalachian trail. It's midnight basically. And we hear this family talking like, Oh, you know, and we'll go, you know, they're having a conversation as if it was 12 noon on a Sunday walking through the trail so we hang up on her quickly and, and Al goes, Bill, just put your lights on because, you know, the family's coming. We don't want to scare them that there's just three of us, you know, in the middle of the night. And we're waiting and we're waiting. Nobody shows. So we do a little bit of a search in the area and we're looking around like, what the hell's going on here? So we call back. <laughs> Call back our psychic Cindy later. And Cindy's, what the hell are you boys doing? She's passed at this point. We said, this is what happened. She goes, those people aren't there now. You're in a time-space rip. I'm like, what? I'm like, we're in a time-space rip. And we were at a point where these people will literally be there the next day. We were just, there was something happened to create a rip in space and time, according to our psychic. Like it was just echoing like the frequency coming through, but not like a solid form. Because I, I get into this whole weird thing about uh, theoretical time travel being possible if you're able to match up like light frequency with sound frequency. And that kind of pertains to that, that maybe only one aspect of it was coming through and it was just the sound frequency because it was still kind of like a rip, but it wasn't like a full rip. Time travel, tra time travel is possible because... Time is only uh, an earth or human construct. Time does not exist. And if you ever got to a point where you were in, traveling in time and actually saw the universe in a quantum state of state, past, present, and future exist at the same moment. 
everywhere. So the whole theory of, well, if you went ahead three years and, you know, like that whole thing, well, if you travel the speed of light, by the time you get back, everybody that was your grand, you know, like your grandbaby would be 85 years old. No, they wouldn't. You can go back to the exact moment where they were just where you were because it exists all simultaneously. You can, you can, you can go forward, you can go backwards, you can go to the side. It, and that's why, you know, them being there, it's not just, there's, it's not only just time travel of past, present, and future. We're talking about multiple timelines, multiple dimensions and timelines. So we can go from one timeline to the next. And I'll talk about the, this will, ex, I'll explain something to you about the, um, where I, I came up with a, a theory about the Mandela effect and why it's, it's taking place. Um, and, um, but, um, so, she just said it was time space rip type of thing. And we're like, okay, whatever. And then we went into some other things we were going to see. You're going to see elves and fairies and woodland creatures. And um, you'll see these guys in dark robes. They're the watchers. And then you'll see uh, native people. And I was seeing it everywhere we were going. I mean, it was just an incredible night. So that was my second main uh, experience with, uh, you know, after that we, we, we discovered that we were, we were missing time, you know, the next day. And then um, a couple months later, we went back to the location. We were drawn back there because of the event. And we went past where where camp was to an area that was 20 yards, no more than 20 yards from where we were set up that night. And it's like a swampy, a lowland swampy area. And this guy, Bill's videotaping, Bill always videotaped. And we get to this one point and you see something in the, in the middle of the swamp. So Bill goes, I'm going out there. <laughs> like, no, Bill, don't go out there. It's a swamp. You know, he steps in, he gets stuck. So we had to pull him out. <laughs> That's why we say don't go there, Bill. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh. I just um, imagine two I, steps I, in and then the boots are stuck and you do that thing where you go to lift up again. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, like, all right, get, I can only take two steps in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we only had one and, you know, we, we were able to get him out. But in the distance, it looked exactly like a, a den it looked like it was a structure there. And it wasn't until later that night when they, Al went back to Bill's place and, and um, no, Al went back to his place. Bill went home and Bill um, lives with his mom because it's just, you know, he takes care of his mom and, you know, it just works out great. He's watching the video and she goes, what's the monkey in there? Where did that monkey come from? And Bill's like, what? So then he tells Al and, and me what's going on. And, if you, I wish I could share these with you. I don't have them right now, but in there, uh, um, in the video, if you zoom in on the video, you can actually see what we, we call a dogman type three. There's seven types of dogman. This is like a hybrid between, it's a really grotesque thing. It's like, it's like a, a like a, a disfigured Sasquatch. Yeah, I was going to say, I recently on Bizarre Encounters uh, did a deep dive into Dogmen and was going over the variants. And yeah. Yeah, the first three variants, no, yeah, three are all the ones that are very Sasquatch-like. And then the other four yep. are the ones that are, um, like, best way to describe them, like uh, like underworld, yeah. like werewolf type. For yeah, anybody that's I not familiar, to kind of give people an idea. Yeah. <laughs> I always say Van Helsing or, or underworld, yeah. Um, and then you get the, the, the in-betweens are like hyenas and baboons, you know, type of thing. And it's clear as day. And again, my theory at this, I can't prove it right now. Um, I wanted to go back there and we're going to do this this year with a drone um, because 
we're just going to, I'm going to drone it in there and hopefully one of us could run slower than the other. <laughs> <laughs> you just guys got to make sure you got somebody that's way yeah. slower than both of you guys. Got to hey, have the token slow Timmy, guy. Let's bring Timmy from South Park with us because he ain't going to run that fast. <laughs> um, you know, you got to give yourself a little leg up there, buddy. Um, but um, you can see um, there's something that looks like uh, a, 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 a pup uh, dogman, like the super soldier ones that you said, you know, like the werewolf ones, like the young, a young version of it. Not as menacing or. Oh, did it leg out? Really grotesque. Oh, that legged out for a second as soon as you mentioned oh. Dogman. It did the same thing when uh, Al started talking about it when I had him on the show, too. Hold on. <laughs> I have to put that in there. <laughs> we both have the roadcaster. I have to put that in there. I got Alisms already programmed into my roadcaster. Um, he usually goes, I'm calling bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I got those in there all the time. But, um, yeah, no, I, I that's a tough creature to be talking about. Uh, but... Um, you can see it there, and then you see this grotesque thing. And what I'll do is, I'll, I'll, um, after this, I'll just send you so you can understand like what we're talking about. So you'll visit, you'll you'll see it, you know. And if you guys do a video show of that, you know, you can just pop it up, and you'll see the evidence. Anything that you mentioned too that you happen to send me links to, I'll also add into the show description for any of the listeners sure. that want to go and check it out. Not a problem. So, um, long story on that. That's basically the end of that kind of. Um, that was that that investigates for the most part. We do go back every couple of months, revisit things, revisit evidence because you're never on investigating. Um, and Al was doing a show um, like a year or a year later, and we was talking about the experience. And someone on the show went to our uh, Bronxville Paranormal Society website and was going through the evidence. And the way I set up Bronxville Paranormal Society, and we, you know, with Al. And I said, no, we're doing it this way. We're not doing it at all. We always upload all the raw footage and audio. Okay. I mean, hours. It's like YouTube. YouTube's been a little, you know, pricky and taking things down. And I got to figure it out. And I don't want to host it type it's, of stuff. It's the dogman thing, man. Because it seems like everybody's been onto it. But there's, I mean, even Al, he was talking about it. Like they're on top yeah. of that dogman shit. Oh, yeah. Well, it's pretty it's it's pretty nasty you know cryptid it's a very nasty cryptid especially considering um, that i feel like uh more so than any cryptid they're intending to use them for military use and kind of get yep. into my theories about it not to deter too far too far no, off no, no, from what you're talking go. about but i'm with you i'm probably with you on it i think that part. there's like the natural dogmen like the ones that are you know they are the creature that they present themselves as and then there's mm -hmm. the other side of it where it's genetically created dogmen for military reasons. And I always like to address this to people that I'm not talking about it from like, they're taking soldiers and turning them into like werewolves. The way that I would view it would be that they would take the genes from a dogman if they happen to have one or some type of like wolf or canine and then a human. And then they would make an embryo and build it up from there. So it, it's its own species. Right. It's not like a person turned into one, but I feel like that would be the, best theoretical way of creating it because it wouldn't it'd be a lot harder to do if you're trying to like turn an adult into like a werewolf for example 100 percent um something is very important uh, to understand and when i say this and i say this all the time i you know i know I, I hold no punches if you if you if you find a problem with what i'm saying just tell me you know or if you find evidence and con that conflicts with what i said i want to see it because the, uh, we're we're not afraid to correct ourselves if we're right you know, you know, like we're not afraid to correct ourselves in this, not if we're right, but if you present yourself properly and we can validate it, 
we're going to do it. And we also like that. That's one of the reasons why we put up the evidence. We want people to review it. Hey, you want to take, you, you want to do paranormal investigating? You go sit through this 10 hour video, <laughs> see what you find, you know, break it up into segments, you know, that type of stuff. It, it's a great way to get your people that follow you and fans and people are interested into how to figure it out, you know? Um, so somebody was listening to it and sends him two photos that we've seen thousands of times before. I mean, on screens that are no bigger than um, phone, you know, phone size screens all the way up to 101, uh, 105 inch television screens. But when you, you, you see it over and over again, you're going to miss it. In one of the photos, there is this, it's a dog man. It's you got the the ears up, the snout up. You can see the 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 features. It's it's dark, but it's there. If you just do play around with lightning and just you know the contrast, it's right there. It's not a it's not a blob or nothing. And then in another photo, you have a Sasquatch conical head, large, um, on like 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 kind of hovering on the ground. You know, like picking up from the ground. And it looks a little bit like Harry and the Hendersons. It looks, it's a, it's a Bigfoot. So this is why we love letting other people look at our work because, you know, we missed it. It's kind of like if you write a paper, you shouldn't edit your own paper because you're going to get, you're going to miss all your mistakes. Mm-hmm. You need an outside source to do it. And that's why we do this. And we also ask other people to join in, you know, every once in a while as well. Different eyes, different prize. I, I used to say that in the yeah. beginning of this show. I don't know if that's a saying or not, but it seems to fit. <laughs> Right. But, you know, and when you when you talk about your theory about um, the dogman and stuff, there's like, oh, it's the military and the super soldiers. So first and foremost, there is nobody that I'm aware of in the public that has a physical dogman or Bigfoot and has been doing experiments on them. It's not. It, no one has it. I do not discredit that the military does. And I think the military knows all about Bigfoot, all about Sasquatch and probably other cryptids. They have them. They, of course, they they have dead dead species, dead bodies. They're able to see what it is, do some tests and whatever, and then they're able to figure out enough how to maybe subdue it, and then do your process. What you're saying, you know, do a genetic uh, replication or try to figure out, you know, how does the Bigfoot cloak itself? How does the dogman do what it does? I mean, even theoretically, too, they were able to, you know, they they say they cloned a woolly mammoth from having aspects of its hair. So, I mean, even going off of that, theoretically, if they found some Sasquatch or Dogman hair, they could potentially take the DNA from that and use that to do their experiments. So it could be something just as simple as that, or they even have to have the actual solid animal in front of them to obtain DNA. Right. And then, I mean, I, you know, anytime you have a physical creature, it's that much better. You know, um, I never wanted to believe in the Dogman to begin with, but um, got contacted by a couple of people that work military wise and have more to lose than gain. And they're telling me they are real. Um, not to go too deep into it. I can't go. There's a confidentiality portion of it. And there was a, there's a, they're, they're real. One of their tasks was to go out and protect um, certain bases. If they have a problem, he's on a team that goes out and takes care of these. It's kind of like a military it's X-Files team. And they will, they'll trap it and kill it and bring it back. So, is it the intention you know. of it that it's like bothering the base, or are they, they they're just trying to like hunt them down and like body count them? Um, no, it's it's intention of protecting facilities, government based, uh, secret, deep, dark, secret facilities where they're doing things and uh, endangering people. You know, at the base, there was recently um, something very similar. It was about a 
I'll say it's a year ago, it was May, half a year ago or whatever. Um, there was an event out in Colorado in a state and national park, and the military took over and they closed down the entire park in about you know five mile radius or whatever it is. <laughs> Nothing weird going on here. Nothing to see. <laughs> Nothing to say. Move along. Those aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! They were the droids we're looking for. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, one of those um, events where people were killed, and they're tasked to get the creature because it's now a killing spree. This it, it's 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 very odd. Um, there's a couple of movies where they tell you they make agreements with humans. Like you, you're allowed to do X, Y, and Z. You can go with the animals. The minute you step over that boundary and go after humans, that's when it's over. And I mean, just to kind of bounce into this too, I've heard of a lot of dogman encounters where people have been attacked and they say that they hear this like grinding metal noise before they end up seeing like the dogmen. And at least my logic of what I theoretically think it could be is underground bases or cave systems that were converted into them. And my question is, are they letting the dogs out to hunt? Are the dogs hunting the wrong thing? Or are they intending to test these things out if they are the ones that they created to see what they're potentially capable of? Yes, 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 and yes. (laughs) I mean, there are so many uh, underground military bases around here. We don't know. Well, think about all the cave systems. All you got to do is put some right. type of like trap door on it or some kind of mechanical setup where not everybody can get in. It has some type exactly. of biometric and you got a full underground cave system set up and all you had to do is put a door on it. And and if you if you actually figured out a way to prevent them from because I also I think we um, I'm, I'm trying I, I think the interdimensional aspect is also innate in these creatures that they call the dogmen. Um, I think there's a very close relationship. Believe um, I'm going to piss a lot of people off because I have a I'm writing this book about it, but um, I think there's a very close relationship between the the Sasquatch creature and cryptid and dogman. Are it's you saying from like the the like almost like they control them aspect? I've heard a few people mention that. Well, yeah, because you you know there's. <sighs> Almost like they're watchdogs or like we attack dogs. Some, yeah, we were talking about some stuff prior to the record, and I don't want to get political, but there are certain elements that if you kind of play around with frequency or, I don't know, 5G, um, you can manipulate a response, and it'll change it from a liquid form to a solid really quick in a geometric pattern. So in other words, you can kill people in a split second. And I think they figured out a way or what the tell is for those creatures, how to control them, like, keep it up, keep it up. Um, my kids watch these zombie movies from Disney. So there's so much, so much family love there, but they had <laughs> these zombie watches that, that just gave them enough of something to prevent them from being full zombie. Same principle. My daughter watches that too. I think it's, you know, it's that about. musical zombies thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. You know, everybody's <laughs> singing and dancing and Muffy and Biffy, but they're, you know, <laughs> It would be murdering people earlier, <laughs> but it's the same principle. So that I think the military has an ability. Maybe it's a collar. Maybe it's something like, you know, go, go fetch. And they get attacked for, you know, they'll scare them off and, you know, or they'll, they'll say, you know what military and or whoever the, whoever's doing things like that, they're not shy about killing you anymore. You know, 
I mean, a few hunters go missing, and if they have something that completely gets rid of the bodies, they got nothing tied back to them. And on top of that, I mean, if it's a dogman that attacks, nobody's going to believe the story, or even just for military reason, they just drop these things in the middle of a random village. It's going to take out the whole damn village, and nobody's going to believe any of the stories of the survivors, and they have no link back to even being tied to it, even if it is seen. Right, and there's always that, that you know, that one renegade dogman that figures out how to break out of the pack, you know? That, that would be like, you know, in a lone dogman pack. <laughs> <laughs> the lone wolf strikes. <laughs> Freddy gets out. You know, um, he's like, he rips the collar off and he runs. But um, they do have those the, those things that every once in a while. Um, but Almost yeah, like they I could think- have the explosive collars, like running, like the running man. If you've seen that movie, <laughs> they got like the that. national forest, these little like beams on the end yep. of it are little poles. And if they go yep. outside of that area, then poof, fucking head just explodes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was thinking the Running Man, you know. Um, I was thinking the old uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger version of it. Yep, yep, that's that what it. I was thinking too. Yep. I, I is there even a remake well. of that movie? If there is a remake, I wasn't familiar. I just knew about the original. <laughs> yeah. Sub zeros, no zero. Sorry, um, <laughs> I had to do that. Um, <laughs> great movie. Um, that's when Arnold was good. All this political crap, but but yeah, I think they have some stuff like that and. I th- I mean, I would if I was a scientist and and I was working on the military and I have this super this killing machine. It would be like being able to control a polar bear. Polar bears are killing machines. Fucking polar bear on steroids. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, basically the height of a polar bear. Actually, they have the new one where the polar bear and the Kodiak grizzly made it. It's like a fifteen foot, you know, twelve to fifteen foot freaking polar bear. <sighs> It's a killing machine. It's not a joke. It's like, yeah, they look all cute and they're great in the zoo, popping, you know, you know, like the little balls that we give them, you know, whatever. They want to eat you dead. And they're quick and they're fast and they're just vicious. Just to give people um, a size comparison, their paws are the size of a dinner plate. Yeah. I mean, and it's just incredible. So I would want to take that technology and use it for for military purposes everything technology wise has been adapted for military purposes so the whole point is when when i said you know what i postulate what i put out there and for my stuff and my theories and everybody else does and people don't want to hear it um no you're wrong i'm like no we're all we're all wrong and we're all right because unless you give me a physical bigfoot where you can show it on, on like touch show me on the bigfoot where he touched you <laughs> you know, <laughs> show me on the back before you touch. Um, you know, unless you can do that, everything is a hypothesis, a theory. I mean, it would still kind of be the same even if somebody presented an actual Bigfoot body. I feel like no matter how one hundred percent authentic that was, ninety percent of people aren't gonna believe it regardless. <laughs> no, it'll be that CGI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you try to carry nine hundred CGI, okay? It's heavy. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> We need a U-Haul out of here. Um, yeah, it, it, it's you know, you're never going to make everybody happy. There's always going to be this one person or ten or fifty, whatever. And then they say, "Oh, you're trying to make money." I'm like, the the question I've always gotten um, was, if you had a real Bigfoot, would who would you tell? That's a hard Probably, question. <laughs> well, I would tell. I would tell. There's a select few people here that I would tell Um, because, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't just tell him on the phone. I'd say, I I need to come to this address. You cannot have a camera. You can have have a recorder. You can't have anything. 
and I'd have them stripped down, which would be really odd. It would be very like, wait, I mean, dude, you called me out here and you're telling me I have to get naked. Trust me. I, I just got to make sure you don't have a camera. I'm not, I don't have a camera. I don't care. Get naked. And then like, you're going to want to see this. <laughs> and I'd have them go into the room and just go, Oh my God. You know, that's how I would show them. I could not publicly do it because the minute something like that came public, I'd have, you know, 50,000 government agents at my door. Shit, the way that stuff's tracked, I feel like almost if you had one right in front of you, there might even be some type of tracking devices in some of these damn things. And they'd already know that you have one and be listening to that phone call as you're telling people to come over. Probably. I mean, it very well could be. Who knows? Um, I would rather... What we try to do and and what I've tried to do is um, we have a couple of good spots where we we have, we're we're trying to create a rapport with a couple of them. And I think they know innately they can sense and feel and see what kind of human being you are. And it takes time, but um, you can have an interaction with them and you try to build a relationship, you know, like, um, you know, see like the old, um, (laughs) the old plan of vape. Taylor, Taylor, <laughs> say, you know, <laughs> that, that's what I always envision. The old plan of the apes, Taylor, um, Nova. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but that's what I would, well, I'd like to have the interaction. It's, it's like, and I'd like to be able to communicate with them. Um, and we, I've come up with some protocols on how to try to initiate a, uh, an interaction. So you have an experience in a good way with them and it's all about intention and your intention. And let me tell you that when you have an interaction with a a Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call them, and you go to the woods, they know you're coming. They, they, they can sense you a long time off, especially if they connect with you. And Al and I have, have created these connections with our, in, in our spots. And, um, there's a respect level there, I think. Um, we, we are very respectful to who, who and what they, they are or may be and, you know, their ways. We're not here to hurt them. And we always let them know that on, on a mental capacity, like almost Al hates mind speak. If you say the word mind speak, he's like, I'm calling bullshit, you know, but I believe these creatures are so advanced, um, innately advanced that they can, the, the telepathic communication is possible where you can just start talking. Um, well, you, you, you're, you're a parent. Uh, I do this with my kids actually. Um, what I'll do is, and I've, I've seen this. I've so saw this with one of my friends growing up, they would have conversations without having moving their mouth. So I started doing things and I would, I would put it out there. Like, you know, I'm thinking of color right now. Think of color wheel right now. Just give me the first color. And I'm saying it in my head, like I would say red, that's the color I'm looking at, right? And, you know, and my kids started to, you know, start getting things. And you just know as a parent, you just know that there's an innate ability to know certain things about what's, what's going on with your kid. But I think you can communicate with them. So this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a communication and like, you know, how long have you been here? You know, um, where do you, are you originally from, from this where you are right now or is there another area you go to and and eventually you know we'll know when we when you pass away and you move from this planet to the next like would be at heaven if you're into it you know which i think you are and you 
go back into the source energy, you know, I think you'll like, Oh my God, look, there's three of them. Hey, Hey Fred, the Bigfoot. Hey, Hey, how are you? <laughs> Welcome. You know, and I think they'll, you, you'll understand the real, all those mysteries of the universe will be revealed to you at that point. Um, but until there, till then we do, do have some protocols that we use and it helps to um, have uh, interactions or experiences with the Bigfoot. It would, it would work with the dog, man. I, I wouldn't try it. UFOs, um, even spirits, um, the dearly departed, the ones that are continued to visit from the, the heavenly, the heavens, as well as the ones that are in the ether. And it works in the other end too, demons and the whole other nine. But um, it's, it depends on what you, you know, you want to do. Um, you got to be safe about these things. So, but that, that was that, that experience with Bigfoot changed my whole perspective that this thing is, it can be um, flesh and blood, but it also can go interdimensional. And then if you combine the stuff that I studied with physics and the fact that in, uh, the conversion of energy takes more energy to convert what you, than you, what you're going to convert to, it explains so much of why when people take camera pictures um, based off a of distance, there's a, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Oh God, I'm going um, brain fart right here. There's um, one of the guys is doing stuff out of Canada that's taking amazing video and pictures of these, these uh Bigfoot and a variety of them, but he's doing it like, you know, two, two mile range with like severe telephoto lenses. Um, he's setting himself up greatest, probably the best evidence out there for this physical creature. The closer you get to these cameras and all these cameras, which are electronic, when these creatures, these creatures know what man is, they know we're violent and we, what we do. So they're going to put into play anything they can to convert themselves from the physical Bigfoot, the hairy guy with whatever into the interdimensional where you can't see them. And in the process in between, and each time you do it, you'll always notice this, you know, a lot of strange lights by Bigfoot sightings. Oh, they're UFOs because they're pets for UFOs. I've heard that crap so much times <laughs> in my life. They're, they're alien pets. I've always theorized that if anything, it's just that, extraterrestrials or aliens are interested in them just the same as we are. I'm 100% you're correct because of the fact that these, these creatures go interdimensional, just like an extraterrestrial, they see them in the interdimensional highway. And like, what are those, you know, who are those? Like, you know, they acknowledge them and the aliens will abduct everything because if they can do it, like how cool are these that can do it? And they, they do it. Um, so I, th that's my theory. And the reason why you're seeing the lights and the strange lights and the orbs and stuff is because they just converted from physical form, the matter that makes us up right now, the atomic structure of flesh. And they turned it into whatever that molecular structure is they need and energy into the next level of, of energy, subatomic particle to blah, 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 to get to that point where they can go interdimensional. And in the process, they, they cloak. And I also have a, 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 they can, they can hover between certain areas. So you get that like uh, predator type of feel with them where they can cloak at will. It's all innate ability. And when people say, well, how the hell they can do that? And I said, well, have you ever seen an octopus and how an octopus can change its physical shape, its texture and its color at will, right? So you're telling me that, Bigfoot can't do that. 
I mean, it's innately in them. Even on the other side of the spectrum, too, I've always said that there's a lot of animals in nature that there's only one animal that has one specific trait. So, you know, we're trying to relate Bigfoot to other things, but they could have traits that, you know, are exclusive to them in nature, too. Right. Or exclusive to something that maybe is interdimensional and we have yet to experience it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's like, like, well, how do they do that? And I said, well, how do you breathe? Oh, I take my breath. Go, no, no. How did you know to do that? Right? How do you know to do that? It's innate. It's within you. It's it's an ability within you to do it. So that's where you know. So that's part of my theory. And and I think what, what what's happening is the reason why Patterson Giblin film is the best film out there ever. Best evidence out there, except for this other guy that's putting stuff out now because he's doing it at a distance. When they were doing the film work for the Patterson, there were no electronics involved. It was all, it was a spring. It was film. No electronics, right? So this creature can't manipulate electronics, can't draw off of those, that camera, and use the energy to help morph itself when needed. When you go there now with all these digital cameras and everybody's like, you know, whatever, this is this is a giant battery. This is like a, this is food for this damn thing. I'm going to drain the crap out of your battery, your light, your camera, your phone, your car keys, anything that helps me get invisible. That's why everything gets drained. Cameras don't work. You know all this stuff. It's using your own damn battery to help it, you know, morph itself into what it needs to do to escape. And those lights you're seeing. When you convert energy from one form to another, there's always a snap by it's a byproduct. It gets to a certain point where the um got the technical term. Uh it's a little bit late where I am. <laughs> but um there is a point where you'll get a little explosion, a pop. It's like a flash. And that's why you're seeing these flashes. And then that flash is like using all the energy it could to get to that point. Boom, it pops, and then now it's in a different form. It doesn't need that energy, it already has it. Then it's going to suck up the next energy and you'll see a bigger orb and it blow, and it, it's exponential until it gets to the point where it needs to be. And when you're in a different format, this is why these creatures can go higher up and, you know, they could hover over the forest. They can, they may not be able to go and track and kill at that point. I mean, like, you know, kill something physically, grab it because it's a different form. It's Almost imagine it like spectator mode, like a video game. That's kind of how yeah, I view it. Exactly. Like, you know, it's like when you're playing video game, it's like, it's not like first person where you see from the eyes of it. It's like third person. That's, that's the whole thing. I'm seeing everything third person. I know where things are. Then I can go first person into the hunting mode and then I can grab the deer, you know, whatever. And that's why you see all these strange lights. They're not pets of, of UFO and, and aliens. They're just not there, you know, like, you know, come on, boy, <laughs> let's go outside. They they abduct him just as much as they abduct humans. I'm sure Dogman's been abducted by him. All you know, all of those. So that's that's my theory on that the Bigfoot end of that that spectrum right there. You know, um, but yeah, everything's theory, and and that's what we propose. This is what I I've, I've proposed numerous times. People are actually stealing our shit now. Anyhow, um, Al called me today. It's like, damn it, I'm watching this movie. (laughs) And because we use a lot of tone. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, 
and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And frequency, we use these things called Tibetan singing bowls. Just showing, you know, I have it right here. If you don't know what a Tibetan singing bowl is. And we like to go into the woods and we use the frequency from these bowls to ramp up the airwaves. What's the uh, like frequency of that? Like, what's the significance of the frequency that a sound bowl gives off? Because, of course, it's like linked into spirituality. But like, is there something about the exact frequency that it gives off that it's supposed to do something specifically? There's different frequencies for different zones and the chakras, you know, and each frequency goes to a different uh, uh, hertz level. And, you know, so you have, you'll have A, you'll have B, you know, notes A, B, and then different Hertz, like 133, 350, you know, 350. That's what I was going to ask. If you guys try to yeah. use like earth tone or something to uh, try to, or earth frequency to try to like make contact. Four, four, uh, four, four, um, oh my God. Sorry again, brain fart. Yeah. I know you're talking about, actually we, we do, we use a lot of tones and we uh, use a, um, Tone generators now. I use tone generators. I have them on my phone. So I use my phone. Those are my kids. <laughs> and my <laughs> wife. But um, I use it on the phone. Um, and when we ramp up, you know, sometimes we'll just bring out the Tibetan singing bowl because if you go throughout the history of Bigfoot and Sasquatch, like the ones that's crawling right behind you right now, um, what's your cat? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's always been a relationship with um, indigenous people. And they're known as the, the guardians of the forest and, and whatever. And it's the same type of tones that a lot of these uh, shaman would be using and making that over hundreds, if not thousands of years of using, like when you do, when you hit that rock, this happens and it's, you, you, you send it down the line for thousands of years. They know to use this, this piece of wood to hit this piece of whatever it was that the, the iron ore they got, and they got a certain sound out of it. It elicits a certain response. We also know that getting back to infrasound, if you go on different frequencies and in different Hertz levels and, and tones, you can one, you can kill people with it. Yeah. Havana uh, virus or no Havana syndrome. That's it. Yep. That that's, that's a, a psyop based weapon, which is my opinion, reverse engineered from, um, Downcraft, um, and it's a combination of different things. They also can use light to do it too. With free, they have this great light that's um, it looks like a flashlight with like a thousand different little LEDs in there. But what it is, it's the LEDs are going off at different vis- wavelengths and frequencies, and you can have a charging elephant come at you and have this light with like. Um, it's a panel, probably, I would say probably like a two feet by two feet panel because, you know, a lot more power for it. You can have this thing charging right at you, hold the panel up, stand there, initiate the panel, and that elephant will stop and drop in an instant because it it made the elephant's skin feel like it was on fire. Is that and the then, same technology that I was hearing that they were saying that it could even warn people to like back up because they could project sound through the beam? Yes, Yep. It's similar technology. They use it in PSYOPs. They used it, Havana Syndrome. Um, they use it actually in California in prisons. It's a 
non-lethal, it can be a non-lethal way to stop riots because it's like being hit by a, a ton of bricks in an instant. Yeah, you just play a frequency over the loudspeaker, and then next thing you know, everybody in the prison yeah. sitting there throwing up and rolling around on the floor, and they can't even get 100%. up. Or what took place about a year and a half ago in the Middle East, um, people were were literally, there was a conflict between two groups. I'm not going to mention the groups, but um, one was you know fighting the other one. And they one group initiated a, a what seemed to be a um, a vibration or frequency weapon, and people were literally being lit on fire internally. And you see the smoke coming out of their their head and at the top of their, and then they go on fire. I mean, that's literally how a fucking microwave works. It's a matter of it yep. makes the the um, water it, particles it, vibrate fast enough that it produces heat. Yep, and that's that's what was going on in, in the country. Um, so yeah, you could use these different methodologies to uh, take out things, but we use we use sound, and we find that when we do it in certain certain ways and patterns, um, it helps to elicit a positive experience and a response. Um, I, we we did filming for I'm not plugging myself or pat myself on the back. Got on a show called uh, Alien Invasion Hudson Valley. If you want to see it, it's on, um, and they took all my freaking shit and then pawned it off as their own. And, um, but you know, that's TV magic for you, you know? Um, but I told the producer when they were interviewing me to be on it, I said, I'm going to tell you, tell you something right now. I guarantee you, I will be bringing in craft when we do the, the event over. I just lagged it again. Um, I will be bringing in craft to you on camera. We will, we'll be bringing it in. We're using our technique. And one of our friends there is Mark D'Antonio. He's the head of, uh, of this stuff for um, MUFON. Uh, he does video and special effects and whatever. He's, he's worked for the military. He's a freaking great guy. And I was there. With, ben Hansen was there and Melissa Title was there. Um, and we started doing what we do. And we're using so just, just Tibetan singing bowls for the most part. And um, Mark couldn't explain the craft that were coming in. Everything you saw there on that camera, we brought in. We brought in that night. Was it a matter of bringing it in or was it a matter of possibly hitting it with the right frequency to make it so that it was visible to you? It wasn't. No, what I think we, the, what we figured out, it's, it's kind of like ringing the doorbell. Ding dong. You hear it and you're like, oh, who's there? It's like putting, putting yeah. up a giant antenna real quick and then everybody comes to come check it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 literally a knock at the door, and then the more you do it, it's a it's the right you know it's like the passcode, and that's why it you know and sounds Mark, very uh, the, close encounters of the fifth kind like with the do 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 do. Well, yeah, you know, which is very interesting. You say that <laughs> because um, that that whole um, I'm I'm the one of the few people in the world. Everybody's screaming about disclosure, right? We need disclosure right now, you know, because they don't want to feel like they're freaks the whole life. They need someone to say a moment so they can go, I told you so. Okay, great. But disclosure happened in closing counters of the third kind. Mm -hmm. And it was done by Dr. J. Allen Hynek. He did it. He didn't say a freaking word in there, but he was the guy in the program trying to debunk it. And he's in the movie telling you, 
it's real. That was your disclosure. 100%. Well, I mean, that's all over Hollywood. I mean, shit. Like, one thing that I like to make constant reference on is uh, are you familiar with the movie Paul? <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. The guys that wrote that, they. Yeah. Of course, they, they made that movie and they were talking about how they had the alien who was like telling them like how to do certain things for Hollywood, how to like project these messages properly. And then actually c- catching on later on with those same two guys that wrote that, they recently made another show called Truth Seekers and it got canceled so after the first season because by the end of it, they were talking about interdimensional beings being able to come through through 5G and how there's already these interdimensional beings who are, came through and they're the ones that are controlling the networks to make it so that it was like a passcode so that other ones could get through. And I was like, damn, these guys are always on top of shit. And that's why all their stuff gets canceled is because they're straight trying to disclose some shit. I love, I love that. Those, those two guys, the English, they're, they're comics and they they propose the theories and they put it together and stuff. But of course great. it's the comics that do it. Cause the comics are the ones that observe everything. That's how they like base what right. they do off of everything. They, that's why so they, many comics are into conspiracies because they pick up on the shit. Yep. And that's why I correct a lot of jokes on, on interviews. <laughs> I'm a comic, but, um, Thank you. It's so great having both people having these, this roadcast. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, isn't it interesting that that comes out and then some, an event takes place. Uh, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> or are you talking about that show specifically, even with like the, the frequency no, thing where it was controlling everybody's minds to manipulate or, or raising frequency to, I'll give you a great example. You know, also kind of funny that in that show, they put nanobots in people's bodies through a shot <laughs> and then they control the nanobots through the, the uh, 5G and then they can, yep. are able to control people's thoughts through that. Kind of ironic how, how that lines up with a lot of things going on in the real world. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, exactly. And then so the show gets canceled after the first season. <laughs> so there was another point that, again, the videos on um, this video also is on Bronxville Paranormal Society. Um, on YouTube, um, we have these things throughout the Northeast uh, called uh, stone chambers, and they happen to be aligned with celestial events. Whatever some people think that they're um, Native American, you know, not wine cellars like storage cellars. They're not. There's more. There's a lot more to this thing. There's one. These are huge, like stone rooms that are built. And when I say huge. Are they built like uh, we'll into say, the ground, like almost like a cave? In the side of, in the side, of, they're pockmarked from all the way up to New England. Um, even the American Stonehenge, uh, Dennis Stone, go visit it. He's a great guy. He owns that. Um, these are like they're all over the country, and there, there's their alignments to them, and there's it, they align with. Ley lines. They align with uh, celestial events. They align with high strangeness um we went into one of them and it's off of it's upstate new york i'm just gonna i'm not gonna go into specifics of where and when you get it you would never know it was there it's on a country road you can go past it a thousand times you'd never even realize it was there okay it's there and when you walk into this thing um you walk into the opening and you have about 10 feet by 10 feet by Probably eight or nine feet. That's how big it is on the interior of this one. And at the back of the wall is a giant stone, which is about the size of, it would be the size of a doorway for the most part, you know, but it's a stone. 
call it a center stone if you want. Um, the cool thing about that place is if you look at the wall and you go up to that stone and you see the moss and whatever, it looks like a stone. If you put a UV light on it, there were four four runic letters that, that appeared on the stone. Four ruined letters. And I think it was like earth, wind, fire, air, or something like that. It translated. Um, it's been a while since we've been there. So we were doing experimentation and it was like during um do you think uh, that's like a key to unlock something? Because I'm almost getting like the hint of this possibly being like like a theoretical like portal, possibly if you line well, stuff up correctly. Well, um here's where it got a little bit odd. So it's it's summer and it's cooler in there. It's 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 very cool in there. I mean, compared to it was like ninety something degrees or almost ninety eight degrees outside. And inside it's gonna be cooler naturally. It's like a like a cool cellar, like a storage cellar, right? So um, with that taking place, um, I started, I have my FLIR on and I started using uh, the singing bowl and the tones. And what happened in the video, and you'll see in the video and I say it, I go, oh my God, look at this, look at this, look at this. You can, you can with the FLIR, you're seeing the different temperature gauges. But once we started ramping up the temperatures there, there seemed to be like a purplish mist that's that kind of started going around and a portal was being opened. We opened <laughs> a portal and then it got darker. It got like a, a not like dark purple, but like almost blackish um, at one point. I'm like, Oh my God. And then something appeared to peek its head in and then peek out. The only time I ever saw the exact same thing take place ever was recently in Skinwalker Ranch when they brought in the rabbi to do a, a, a portal prayer over on one of the homesteads, the homestead too, I think it was. The exact same coloration, they were using the, the rainbow type of flare coloration, the exact same coloration, the exact same everything appeared and like a portal was being opened. You know what and, this is making me are, think of is all the Native American lore that they talk about how they came from the old world from the ground and came up. Maybe right. they never actually came from the ground. They were coming through these portals from the ground into this new world. I I think we have the ability using certain frequency and tones to um, uh, change things up a tad bit. We can... Um, we can open doorways. We can travel into different dimensions. We can do some strange things. Um, not necessarily that they can travel from underground and do it. It's just... I mean, even looking I at... I feel like the closest dimension to us, theoretically, would be like the mirror dimension of ourselves. So... Yeah, that, logically, that should be it because it should be the kind of an opposite, but an opposite of an opposite. And then it, it branches out. It keeps like flip-flopping, right? Right. Sorry about that. I just cut myself on, on my leg. So I may, I may just take one second to go get a, a tissue in a minute. Um, I just noticed it myself. My wife's going to kill me. What the hell happened in here? <laughs> just get blood <laughs> all, over the, all over the microphone. <laughs> it was a tough interview. You know. um, <laughs> or I could just wipe it on my face and scare the hell out of all my... They want you too, Malachi. I was going to love this interview. You're off the charts. Look at that. I told you he's off the rails. Um, but um, 
I think you, you, you know, you can go back, you can open up portals and portals. There's different types of portals. So there's interdimensional portals, there's um, timeline portals. There's a variety of them. And throughout history, I mean, there have been some instances and I don't have all this time in the world to study all the history that I want to study now that I, I blew off, you know, growing up. And it's like, oh, why didn't I just take this class? But there have been there have been reports and um, uh, in certain places around the world in time periods where they didn't have technology whatsoever of strange characters just appearing through stones and rocks. You get that in South America a lot in the Peru. Um, there's the I forgot the doorway that they have where the aliens come through and the shaman and, and whatever. Is that the one that was cracked and then they like re put it back together, repositioned it back up where it was like a like a stone doorway? I I think so, yeah. Um and call them stargates if you want. But I don't think it's stargates, I think they're portal gates. But there have been reports like like you like in the in the area of Japan, you know, that go back hundreds of years about these strange bear-like men coming through. And when they're not talking about Bigfoot, but what they're talking about is um, there's more description to it, but they're talking about Nordics coming through a portal. And when you say Nordics, you're talking about the extraterrestrial Nordic race, right? No, I'm talking about the entities, the people that are living over in, in where, you know, Iceland and, and whatever. Oh, so like earthly Nordic people. Because right. I say Nordic, um, talking about this conversation, my brain instantly goes to like the, the extraterrestrial race. That's the a totally different. That's a totally different being right there. But the, yeah, the Nordics are like that. They look just like you know Thor, okay, or whatever. Um, that's that's why I also have a theory, and we'll talk about a theory if you want. Uh, Stonehenge. Um, I don't think Stonehenge was a boys' club. Like, oh, those women are killing us, man. You know, everybody's hanging around a, a stone circle. I think what that was is a portal for travel purposes to go to different places. I mean, there's even those people that went there and they were projecting different uh, frequencies at it. And they said they're starting to get like sick and getting like headaches from it. So there's definitely something to it that pertains to frequencies. So hear, hear me out on this one, right? So you have Stonehenge being in a round circle, right? And it's, it's not even, it's not even the way it was way back then. So it's kind of like having a piano, but taking out certain parts that serve some keys. So you, you, it could kind of play, but it doesn't play like a piano. Right? Yeah, it's not bouncing and echoing the frequency properly. Right, right. And then they would use, I believe, the druids and um, would use. They would go in a circle, and several different circles, and start using vocal frequencies to bounce off of each other. And that vibration we just talked about when you're vibrating opens the portal. And you step in the portal. And I think what happens is uh, down the line, you it appear, depending on what frequency, is where you're going to go go out to. So, you know, you'll be over at Stonehenge and then boom, the next thing, you're in Avery. You walk into it. Whoever is selected to walk into it, they go to Avery. So you're saying like you could almost like pick the location that you're going to go to depending on like which yes. frequency you're doing. So if you're doing like a, oh, it's going to go to one location. If you're doing like a, oh, then it'll go to another location. It'll go another lo- yeah. It's that's how that's how our frequency was working radio, right? True. <laughs> so it's you know that's just just one of my theories. But you you try to postulate this and you put this out there, and these scientists, the highbrows, oh, you're crazy. You conspiracy theorists have ruined this whole thing. We're up by a thousand right now. Okay, guys. <laughs> hey, man, I always say it. All it takes yeah. is 
an, a method of understanding and something goes from magic to science because you got alchemy into chemistry and all it was was a matter of understanding and it went from magic to a science 100% you know so it's it's and and so that's where, where all these different frequencies come into play and I think that's what we're doing and I think what goes on is the reason why they I, I don't think they appear all over I don't think you can just do it any place for the most part that's just my my two cents right there um but uh assumably there's thinner it, spots like the veil spots right, like right so um i think there are thinner spots or you know or, ley lines or something like that um can you give me like two seconds to go grab a paper towel yeah no <laughs> worries right. you're good i'm not done i just don't want to bleed to death right now sorry about that oh no worries i was wondering how no long worries. it was going to take before you went and grabbed something <laughs> She's just going to destroy me. She's going to be like, what the hell happened? And the problem is, and I wasn't even thinking about it is because of what I, what happened to me, like I discussed earlier, um, they put me on some medicine. They may have thinned my blood. It's, it's, it's funny because my grandmother used to just press on the wall, like, and just start bleeding. I'm like, grandma, what are you, what are you doing? Stunt rolls? Come on, cut it out. <laughs> you know, and she's like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lower end. I think it was like a, a blood thinner just because you, when you put a stent in, you want to make sure things flow and there's no, you know, like blockages around it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's all technical stuff. You know, I'm just thankful it worked. So uh, I'll put a, I'll put a bandaid on eventually. Um, Bleed out (laughs) like a man. (laughs) Get up you girl. (laughs) Rub some dirt in it. (laughs) Exactly. Like what the hell happened? You're bleeding all over the place. Um, yeah. So, so I like, I mean, that's, you know, this is why sound is so important. Sound uh, resonance frequency. And that's why we use what we use and, and what we've discovered over, over time, you know, we use these different techniques and people are now just, um, they're picking up on it. They're like, we'll, we'll use that Tibetan thing and we'll make some noise in the woods. And I know, we know, I put a little, I put little um, Easter eggs in some of my stuff when I start talking and then I do it purposely and I've done it for the, since the beginning. So I can find out who's doing what and who's taking what just so I keep my eye on people, you know, because it's, I, I for some reason in this industry, unless you write a book about something, sometimes they don't take you serious enough. And that's, that's the problem. So like after you do, you guys do the shows and in your podcast, one of you has to write a book and then, then everything, for some reason, no one reads in America. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants a book, but then nobody wants to read it, but they take you yeah. seriously if you have it. I mean, but they listen to the audio book, which is no different than the podcast, but they take it more right. seriously. <laughs> Unless James Woods is doing it and he has the speech impediment in it. Like be like Michael Tyson reading. Gee, this is malicious cookies. Um, but it, no one reads that, you know, people like in Europe will read more so than whatever this world's deteriorating. That's why we, we are making this planet a better place for Sasquatch. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, so in what we've been discussing, I, I think you kind of get an idea of like, you know, Al has some, Al has good stuff too. You know, don't get me wrong. But my stuff just goes and goes and layers and layers and layers. And I keep my notes and, you know, a lot of it's mental notes. Then I'll write some, you know, write some stuff down and, and, 
and expand upon it on every experience I expand upon. And then I always go back and say, I just had this, this just happened to me. And you remember the time, you know, four years ago when we were doing this, when it blah, blah, blah happened. Well, now I know why it happened. And that's why it's important to, you know, always reassess your, um, your pathway, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's very interesting what, what takes place. So, um, but uh, due to my blood incident, I forgot where the hell we were. <laughs> the last thing that we we're digging into uh, before you went off was yeah. uh, we we're talking about the portals and the. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's a portals are great. I mean, this is why I think a lot of these a lot of the paranormal is about portals and they don't even realize it's about portals. It's about the ability to move from one to another, one form to another. Um, I'll give you a great example of something I was I said I was going to allude to it. So, you know, the, the collider, the lovely CERN collider. Yeah. Getting into uh, your theories about the Mandela effect. Yeah. Well, it goes into portals too. So, um, so what, what happens is, like I said, portals can be from, you know, this planet to another planet. They can go interdimensional, you know, ultra dimensional. I mean, there's a variety of different ways you can use a portal. So, you know, where the first collider was. Yeah, in uh, Sweden. Nope. Are you talking about the one that they were starting to, quote, build in the United States and then supposedly filled with uh, concrete that I think was supposed to be down yeah, here in Texas? It's, it's, it, no, it's not even that. The first one was in uh, Illinois, Chicago. Uh, Illinois. And then I would say, I know that there's yeah. another one that they have in uh, Kentucky or Tennessee. Oh, they have them all over. Every university has, a, has one of them. It's just that the one in Sweden is the biggest. The one in Sweden was the biggest, but when they built the one over in Illinois, um, I always want to say firm lab. Um, they, it ramped up in, um, in the late nineties, they started putting really, you know, effort into it and they were working on, um, interdimensional stuff for, for the most part, the theories and stuff. They ramped that up really quick and it was in like 2010 or something like that. When it really started rocking and rolling, they shut it down immediately. It stopped. They just closed it. And it was at the same time that the person who coined the Mandela effect, who was a paranormal researcher, said, hey, I thought he was dead. I remember him dying, Mandela. But no, he's alive. So what I think what happened is they were able to take timelines they ramped that. They had no idea what they were doing. They had a theory and they just went for it. You know, like it's kind of like what happens if we light this M80 and flush the toilet? You know, not a good <laughs> idea. That could be cool, right? The water will come out. You're going to blow up the pipes, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so what What my theory is this. When, the reason why it was ramped up and then shut down for the longest time was that what they did was they 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 ripped a um they they ripped our timeline in half. They created a time space rip, and not only our timeline, but maybe the timelines that are that are bound by us, bound around us. Okay, and when they brought them back together again, so they have a timeline and B timeline, but when they don't, when they you know, and they both of them are fractured. Sorry about the blood, folks. Um, but when they did that, 
The beginning of A was was intact, but they joined it with B. This is ex- why it explains that anybody up born up to a certain point in A remembers fruit of the loam with the cornucopia. And because each timeline is going to be off just a tad bit. So in our in our timeline, the real timeline or whatever, cornucopia and fruit of the looms go hand in hand. But in the one that's just to the next of us, the B timeline, cornucopia was didn't exist. They never put a cornucopia in it. So this is why when you're joining, you're actually joining the start of one and the and the continuation of another. Yeah, because that's where you get the split where you have people on both sides, where there's some that have this one, some that have this one, because it's not that we're all set into one specific timeline. It's the merging of the two. And like right. one of my biggest ones that I had was uh, the Curious George having a tail, because I had a stuffed animal of one when I was a kid, and I remember I used to swing it above my head by the tail. So you can't tell me yep. that the tail didn't exist, because I know for a fact I was swinging it by the tail as a kid. It didn't exist in the B timeline, which we're currently in now. Well, we're in a couple different timelines because they've been messing around with it. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I feel like that when they first initially did it, it was two timelines, but now they've messed with it enough times that it's there's multiple timelines that are all converging into one. They have a way of knowing um, what timeline they want to get to, and they can alter different things. They can. I, I, I thoroughly believe they have the ability to... There's a... Um, oh, my God. See, I it's often wonder if we're on like a side timeline because you hear about people going and doing 20 and backs, for example, and there seems to be this other timeline that there's like this grand mission that they're working towards on. And, you know, everybody views us because we're in this timeline as being like the main timeline. But I frequently question that we're not in the main timeline. We're in one of the side timelines. And when people go to 20 and backs, they do all other weird shit. They go through time slips that that's that's the timeline. I think what happened is um, they have the a looking glass. That was the project. They have the ability to check out every timeline that exists and they can see the outcome of any of event. So, and, and they have the ability to do, um, you know, testing. So what happens if Brian has a heart attack in this timeline? Oh, well this timeline, boom, 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 boom will happen. What happens in the ne- the one next to it? Oh, he, you know, gets, something else or this happens and every time you go to a different timeline it changes so you can manipulate the outcome so what you do is if you can see the timeline and where you want to be on a timeline and when it takes place in the outcome then all you do is you ramp up the machine that allows you to take the timelines crack them in half or pieces and then slowly put the other timelines in the piece order that you want see that's why so I don't think you, I don't think like the real timeline is whatever. I think there's so many fractured timelines because they, they, when they join back together, it's never the, the complete timeline. So there's the main timeline is almost like a Frankenstein timeline. Yeah. Well, the main timeline does not exist. It doesn't exist anymore, but it has a ton of fractures in it. And the fractures alone not only join the different timelines or the, or A and B, but what happens is, um, because it's not a perfect connection. Like once you, like if you saw a piece of wood in half, right. You know, and you try to put it back together again, you'd have a fracture in it. It wouldn't be perfect because the original wood had been sawed in half. Mm-hmm. You had teeth cutting because so you're missing a whole bunch of stuff that should be there. Right. Do you know what's going on paranormal wise in Chicago currently for the most part? Uh, if you don't mind filling me in, 
Because I, I, I may or no, no, I may no. not. Because a lot of people aren't, they're not reporting this crap on the news. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are. are oh, wait, are, was this are, the one with the Ouija board? No, this is the 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 flying uh, humanoids. Oh, with yeah. Wings. I don't know okay. about them relatively recently, but I do know of there being like, of course, like flying humanoids. Oh, there's a lot Chicago. of sightings of these these creatures coming in. And I think what happens is um, these creatures have seen the crack because the the bigger crack will be in the area that the the event's taking place. And it's kind of like picture yourself being in um in a room that's pitch black, right? And then cracks start going down the wall. And there's a little light hair there. You're like, okay, it's pitch black here. What the hell is that? And you go to it and then you start digging at it because it's never perfectly put together again. And I think these ultra terrestrials and interdimensionals are traveling through that and using that as a gateway to get through because of the, what, what CERN did. Well, are they the almost like, thing. like imagine it this way. If there's like a, like a river flowing, that's theoretically time, right? Are these beings right. theoretically like sitting on the banks of the water? And then as they see like weird separations in the water, then they come in. So they're almost like outside of the timeline altogether, like viewing it from like a third person perspective. I think they're viewing it from other timelines, but because our timelines are now connected, it's kind of like, um, when you make spaghetti, not each individual spaghetti strand, when you put it in the water, you're always going to get those strands of spaghetti that never separate into the individuals. They, they kind of lump together. So you get that one noodle goes one way, the other. That's what it's like. We've, we've fractured. So, you know, they're on a different timeline, but they can get into our timeline because it's, there's a crack to it. It's a pathway. And that's why they do it. And I think not only it's just those, not only the flying humanoids that do it and the cryptid side of it, black eyed kids, most of the reports of black eyed children, you know, the ones of the black guys that knock on your door. Hey, my brother got sick. Can I come in your house, please? We just <laughs> like, need a ride home. We need to use your yeah. phone. Yeah. It's four in the morning. Go home. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, no. Um, and I don't like, I don't like kids in paranormal situations. Like that, you know, the little girl, like, you want to play? No, you're not a little girl. You are not a little girl. I have a little girl. They're really evil. But no, you're not a little <laughs> you're, girl. They're a different type of evil. <laughs> different type of evil. Totally different. But you get my, my gift. So I think they're taking advantage of it. I think the uh, people have the hat man. The, the shadow person. A lot of reports of shadow men growing up. And, and there are natural cracks in our armor prior to us playing with these colliders. These are the portals. The portals create natural cracks. And I think what they're trying to do is replicate a portal through the collider. And they're trying to monkey around with different timelines. I mean, theoretically speaking too, like you're looking at these hydrogen uh, colliders as almost like artificial portal creators. But if you were using like the natural portals, like the ones that you're using vibration and frequency to open through rock, is it like that's the natural version? So that works. That doesn't fuck up the right. timeline because that's intended to be. No, but these I think it, artificial I think, ones are the ones fucking up the timeline because they're not intended to be. I think they all have a, an effect on kind of messing up the timeline. But the ones that we're doing are really fucking it up. I think that you it has something has to give a little bit on on a portal in order for things to come through it. 
So there always has to be something there. Um, there is always a little bit of a fracture. It's that little window of opportunity. That's why in, in NASA, when they, they launch rockets, they have to wait for a window. It's that one spot where everything is lining up and there's it's the least resistance. And I think naturally that occurs. We've seen this with with the rocket launch, excuse me, rocket launches all the time. You know, like, oh, no, we're call, calling up not just for weather, but it's because what, you know, if they couldn't do it on Tuesday or Wednesday, it stopped raining Thursday and Friday. Why aren't they doing it then? There's certain elements that they need to, you know, do that that happen in order to make the resistance less to get from our Earth, you know, out um, out into outer space. So I think there's a natural version of I think the colliders are them like taking a like you can have a Yugo. If anyone, oh, wow. If anybody remembers what the Yugo was, the Yugoslavian car, right? It's a Yugo. And it does drive and it'll go mm, whatever. But when you, when you throw nitrous in it, <laughs> you know, it ramps it up, right? It's the same principle. The, the colliders are like ramping up, um, you know, these things and creating even more fractures and allowing more strange things to happen. More strange beings to come through shadow people, uh, black-eyed kids, uh, ultra-terrestrials, or Mothman-type uh, creatures, if you remember Mothman, because they are pretty much described as the same. Um, same type of creatures. I mean, even theoretically speaking, too, if you get into the whole concept of the macro mirrors the... The macro mirrors the micro. If you're right. using a hydrogen particle collider and you're smashing particles together, if within those particles there is another universe itself, what happens to that universe? <laughs> Does that universe then expand yep. and become part of our timeline? Does that universe become completely destroyed? But like, what could and how many theoretical timelines and universes could even be within that tiny atom too? Because right. who knows how far down it continuously goes? Like right. for each and, little and particle you collide together, you could be destroy, destroying like billions of universes and like realities. Right. So, 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 and, and, or creating the fuel for something that you don't really want. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I mean, even going up, into like the paranormal aspect and the negative side of things, like if you're potentially destroying whole realities, imagine how much negative energy could potentially be harnessed out of it from all of the emotions of everything theoretically dying in those. But it's almost like black matter for like the paranormal because it's a super right. duper condensed version of a ridiculous amount of energy. 100%. And, and just think of it also like what, what if a non-religious version of it, heaven is a, 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 a dimension and hell is a dimension, you know, and earth is its own dimension. And what if you're doing it to open up hell to create? And, and if you open it up large enough, it will like a black hole suck in the, and, and, and like uh, take over that, that dimension. I mean, who's 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 to say that hasn't already happened at some point? Because who knows how small of a part of a black hole could theoretically be open to suck the entire universe through. And just because of how everything contorts and twists as it goes through, you could pass through a microscopic black hole and not even realize it because you're contorting with your dimension. So you're never actually seeing it from the outside and watching everything contort because you yourself are also being contorted with it as it's going through this hole. Exactly. Like it's... Um Men in Black used a great example of Save the Universe, and it was on the cat's neck. You know, the little 
the little ball mm-hmm. that was on his neck was a freaking galaxy or save the galaxy or whatever it is. We could just be this little micro speck of something. And, and, you know, we could be that, that little, whatever, uh, and something that's grander than us. People could be watching us right now. Like, those two have been talking for hours. Let's, you know, like, what the hell's going on? It almost here? makes you wonder if it could theoretically be possible that it's a continuous loop in the aspect of like, we could possess our own reality within something that's in our reality. You know what I mean? Kind of like the men in exactly. black theory that that contained the Milky Way galaxy, but it was within the Milky Way galaxy. Like it's a really hard trippy concept to t- sort of break down. But like if it's, it's a, a continuous cycle through and it's like a circle, there's yep. no reason why like, the macro couldn't be within the micro. It's a classic example. Of what we're talking about at this point is if you've ever been in a fun house with mirrors all over the place and you see the mirror within the mirror with, you don't know which the, where the door is and you hit your head in the wall and mm-hmm. like, that's not the way, you know, and you, you just, you know, we go from there. Um, so yeah. And it, it's exactly like the macro micro macro micro, you know, and I mean, this, this is where we, we talk a little bit about, and before, you know, they call it the matrix. You know, we're in a matrix. We're in a simulation. Um, there's some things, you know, that are coming forward right now that could lean to that. I know, mean, even I mean, just sightings of it. Sasquatch, extraterrestrials, I've even kind of presented this theory that if there is an organic simulation, imagine it, like, I, I, I like using the term organic simulation so people aren't looking at it completely computer-related, but you kind of have to look right. at it computer-related for this metaphor, but, like, if you're playing a virtual reality game, you can pick your character, you can go into it, you can go wreak havoc, and then you can come right the fuck back out. All of these yeah. weird creatures that we're seeing could be not exactly what we think they are, but they could be whatever these things are, even maybe, like, another version of us outside of our reality, and they pick a character to hop into this reality play, and then when they're done, they just disappear off of it. And that could even explain, like, missing footprints of, like, Sasquatch, why some of these flying hominids just, like, disappear in the sky. Could just be, like, they're like, all right, I'm done playing the game, and they just turn it off and leave this simulated reality. <laughs> yeah, there was a great game which explains this whole thing, which was really great. I forgot the name of it. Um, it was... I played it on Xbox. Um, it's, oh, it had all these different weapons and guns. You go out. It was kind of like a no man's land, but the cartoon graphic on it was, um, it was all graphically done cartoony. And um, I forgot the name of the, the, the game, but what was really cool is if you were starting the game, right? <laughs> or you're playing a game and you're going through levels and you're leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. And someone you like one of your buddies comes on, you have him bring you into the game. He technically should not be in that level or that plane or that galaxy because he really hasn't started it yet. But there were people that used to pop into other people's games to grab a specific weapon that you can only get if you have, you have to be, you know, you have to, there were portals that were opened up and you can go into it. I forgot the name of the damn game. I could see it in my mind right now. Um, it was cool. It was a good, like, like one of those. You, 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 it's kind of like a Mad Max. Um, oh man, I haven't played video games in a while. Forgot the name of it. Um, it was bizarre, and people started complaining that people like, dude, you know, we're playing a game with my friend. He took the gun that we were just about to get. Now I got to go start the level over again. I've only been playing it for nineteen weeks, you know, um, in order to get to that that stage. It wasn't Borderlands, was it? That was it. Borderlands. Yep. That's what I was thinking this whole time. And I was like, I didn't yep. know hundred percent if that's what you're talking about, but yeah, Borderlands. 100%. 
but you know, you know how you you okay? So you're you're a player of it, or you know it. Oh, I played the shit out people, of Borderlands. <laughs> yeah, but that's what people. I used to do it too. I would be like, "What level are you? Thirty six? Okay, dude, bring me in. I need I need blah 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 blah. Oh, okay, cool. You can get them here because there were certain things that were littered all over the you know the lands at that point. But you can only get there if someone that was higher than you can pull it in. Or another great example of this, video game wise, is. Um, it was Battlefield, I think it was, where there was a great game called Brute Force 2 that did the same thing, where you'd be playing, you know, you're battling each other and um, you'd be on land and all of a sudden you get to a point where you're going to die. You, someone's going to shoot you. But if you looked out at the rig, the oil rig in the ocean, and you press the button, you would actually switch spots with the other character. So now you're not the guy. So you you can watch yourself get killed, but now you're on the on the rig. Mm-hmm. And then you just keep doing that to move, you know, just to get out of, of dodge. Or um, in Brute Force, which I really wish they would remake that game. It was a great game. Each five of the characters had their own, um, you know, specialty. And at any one in time, you could look at the character. Let's say you got to a pit and you were about to die. But if you if you looked at the other character and took over that character, then you would continue the game. So it was almost like having five lives on top of five lives. It it was really, really cool. It was a great feature. Um, kids today only care about yelling obscenities and, and racial slurs and bouncing off of walls and call of duty now. They don't they don't think properly. But um that's the whole principle of you know some of these that's why some of these video games, a lot of these people that are into this, you know, the theory and stuff can see how, you know, why video games are so important, but also how this simulation could work. I mean, even just shit looking at it from this aspect, we're creating like the metaverse and that Uh, imagine where that could be progressed at 20 years from now. And then keep that in mind of how many times has that theoretically happened in history? Could we already be a simulation inside a simulation inside a simulation inside a simulation? And that's why we can't find these previous advanced cultures is because we got to a point where all of us were like, all right, the virtual world's better. And then we get into the virtual world and then this is the only world we know. And then it continues down the line that you keep creating a universe inside a universe inside a universe inside a universe. And then you get into multiple dimensions and then you get into the possibility that maybe we're the ones creating these multiple dimensions. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I've always, I I love the history aspect of everything. And I've always theorized after a long, many, many years, but been theorizing that society itself is like, we go from one to eight and then we make a mistake and then we start back down at zero again. And then we we build it back up and then we get to a thousand. Then we go mess it up. We're going to build it back up. And they're finding stuff now uh, (laughs) under the ground in places that shouldn't be like that fucking nuclear reactor that they found in like the mountains. And then they uh, told the government about it. And the government basically blew all the fucking caves up and was like, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What nuclear reactor? Or they they found what's clearly a cell phone that that's like 40,000 years old. Was that the one that. that was like a fossil of one? Yeah. Yep. And then there was like a wrench or something like that, or like a bolt. Yep. And, and, and every time I see that, I think of Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, when they're redoing the planet. Now you got to move that bone over to the right a little bit. 
right there. You know, <laughs> it's not right. You know, I was thinking I think of that whole concept of somebody like uh, flying over the world or something like a time machine. Then they drop something out on accident, like oh shit, or like a boulder or something <laughs> fell off and it just falls through time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, that's where like there was one time um, I, recently something well, whatever. The, all these theories that you sit there and you just like try to figure things out. You know, my wife goes nuts. I'm like, you know, you really think that could happen with Atlantis? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, like, I, like I was talking to somebody about um, Atlantis sidebar, but it, it's, um, and you know, they've written about Atlantis. Several people have, have, have talked about Atlantis. That some eyewitness, you know, kind of, uh, Knowledge of Atlantis, but Atlantis is technically, if you've taken the people that discuss Atlantis from the past, had been in several different locations. So that, that's why it's so hard to pinpoint. And my my theory is that Atlantis itself is actually uh, was an alien race of people. And it would it would totally describe the concentric rings with the water in a craft. And it was, and they were kind of, they were the smartest individuals out there. They had all the information. They had a hall of records, you know, all this. There was descriptions about webbing on their hands and their feet. So it seemed a little bit more alien to what was normally on this planet. And as far as the destruction, I think the reason why they they were forced to, they inter, they intervened too much. So they were, they were kind of, forcing an outcome in a certain direction where they weren't supposed to not like a prime directive, but I think they got screwed on it or whatever. And what happened was the ship had to take off, you know, you're done. You got to come back home. And that fire and the rumbling and going into the sea, it just becomes, it goes from being a UFO to a USO and it travels to different locations, you know, and pops up again. Do you understand the theory? Yeah, so it's not actually like one set location. It's more so like no. a moving city it's itself. Yeah. It's a huge moving city, massive. And you can actually have water that would go in between, depending on the shape of the ship. No one talks about being totally internally in Atlantis. They just talk about a center port. You know, I mean, how many times does a submarine come up from the ground and you can pretty much do that? You can live on top of a sub in the ocean. I mean, theoretically speaking, too, if this city was able to like levitate itself and fly, um, I mean, it could use some type of cloaking device and it could still exist somewhere. It could be floating up in the clouds somewhere and it could be using even just something as basic as like some type of like mirroring device on the bottom of it so that everybody looking at it from underneath is seeing just sort of the sky. But if you're looking at it from above, then you realize there's a fucking floating city and you always see these weird things where off in the distance in the clouds, people see these like floating cities. So, I mean, there's a possibility that things like this exist and they might be all around us. And it's just a matter of, we're not looking at them from the right angle because we're on the ground. Exactly. And it's deception. And and you tell you when you get into extraterrestrials and we bounce a little bit here and there, but or even going into the vibrational thing and the frequencies, they could be yeah. the city itself vibrating in a different frequency that makes it so that it yep. is invisible in our light spectrum. Right. And, and, you know, um, if you start playing with things like, um, harp and stuff like that, or these governments start playing with these, these advanced research weapons and whatever technology, and they start ramping up, putting into the atmosphere and, and all this other stuff, we don't know what the difference in the frequency would be, Based, you know, the closer you get to, to sea level, 
versus, you know, you get to the stratosphere. So one vibration here, same frequency tone going multiple different layers or, or distances can resonate differently in the clouds because it, it now in the clouds, it's bouncing off the vapor or something like that. That's why it's being revealed. UFOs and aliens that, that do exist, and there are hundreds of different species um, out there. They've been doing this for a long while. They're, they're not going to be shot down by a, an F-15 or F-22, or, you know. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we're going to go there. But, um, you know, they know how to hide. Um, and um, it's just par, par for the course. I mean, just even bounce another theory on how they could become visible if they are vibrating in a different frequency that makes it so that they could theoretically be invisible to our eyes or our reality. uh, More often than not, it seems like these things are seen in the clouds, which means that water is a factor in, in play here. So if it's vibrating, maybe it's reflecting through water and that's what's making it visible to us. And it's not actually visible. It's only visible because it's being projected through another medium. Exactly. It's kind of like the invisible ink theory of using lemon juice. You know, <laughs> um, you can, you know, visible ink, if you use lemons or um, I forgot what the, the product was, but and you do it and then you heat up, you dry, let it dry on paper, take lemon juice, put it on a, um, put it in a bowl, take a, a paintbrush and take the paintbrush and start drawing letters on a piece of paper. Let that, those letters dry. If you look at the paper, it looks just like paper. But if you heat it up, the the, the molecules in the lemon start to re, reanimate. And at a certain heat, they'll appear. And then as they cool off, they disappear again. Same principle. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the clouds? Yep. Say especially so, because there's pockets of different temperatures up in the cloud, too. I mean, that can yep. even be combined with the water factor, too. 100%. 100%. Um so yeah, this is this is like this is what I do. This is why Al loves me, <laughs> <laughs> and I can already tell why uh, Al said yeah. that I'd love you. Also, is because we've been having a lot yeah. of fun bouncing these theories back and forth, man. This is like I some mean, of my favorite just, stuff to do on shows. I love this stuff. This is why, like you know, I have I have a show called um, we haven't done it in a while called uh, it's a, kind of like a network inside the Goblin Universe, and I do that with Ron, uh, the Crypto Guru Murphy. Um, who I'm friends with. And it's great because we work really well with each other. We bounce some stuff off of each other. But sometimes you want to get into talking with other people about other things and theories. And yes, it does relate to, you know, um, paranormal-esque to a certain degree. And But, you know, like I did a show um, with a big a Bigfoot researcher, Stevie Strings, Stratford, um, who's a hell of a guitar player. One of my friends, uh, Dave, I, I was talking to you earlier about is a hell of a guitar player. Al was on there and I was on there and I kind of wanted to talk more about the music end of things. And I, I always sneak something paranormal in it for the most part, because people do listen to what I do when I was doing it uh, religiously for some of the paranormal stuff. But I was like, did you know, my, my question was what makes a guitar great? not a guitarist, a guitar. And did Robert Johnson really sell his soul at the crossroads? You know, I, I want to do other shows and theory shows is part of that. Like what we're doing right here, which is, I think is great. I mean, it's been a while since somebody was able to, I love this. I mean, 
you know, if we were hanging out right now, we'd probably be up till four in the morning and people like, oh, dude, you be, yeah, because uh, I can keep going and going and going and going <laughs> and going <laughs> and going. My wife's like, are you still up? Yeah. Well, we're talking, we're talking about germination now. You, know? <laughs> you get into theories. Yeah. I can get going for a long time. <laughs> More yeah, often no, than I, not, I mean, when we do these yeah. theory shows, it'll be like an hour or two afterwards after the show, after I stop recording and I'm still going on this stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I've like, like I've said, you've, you, we talked about this prior to talking, you know, publicly recording, you know, I did a show and it was like a six hour show <laughs> and like there was, there was a good hour, two, two and a half hour pre-show that I wish I could have. I mean, I, you know, I recorded, but there was things in there that I, I didn't say, you know, I didn't, I didn't start it and I would never reveal it, but you know, I could have put out the whole six hours and it was incredible, you know? And then after the, after one of the main guests leaves, the other guest comes on. Did he tell you about the tentacles? And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, that was a tentacle story. I'm like, you're telling me this now after he left? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? You know, <laughs> why didn't you say it while he was on the air? You know, like I was, I had him on. I could, I have him tell the story. But, you know, it is what it is. That's how it works. Well, I guess as a little bit of a wrap up, if you don't mind sharing that story, because we did talk about it a little bit before we started recording, you uh, dropped drop some of the seeds, man. You got You got to You got to. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So um, there's a gentleman named Robert Vanderbrook, and he, he's known. Look him up. Uh, some people have called him a shyster at certain points, but he's been known. He's been in the paranormal field for a while. He's gifted. He has this ability. He does some things. And on my show, I was able to do experiments. So I said, we're going to do experiments here. Um. He's able to put psychic, you, you know, he gets impressions and, and the psychic impressions appear on things like fruit or he'll take a brand new camera, brand new camera, brand new SD card. You can buy it at the store, bring it to him. He'll put it in the card and he'll just close his eyes and start taking pictures and Elvis will appear or the Pope or John Lennon or God or it's the weirdest thing. So Robert's had a lot of, um, I was introduced to him from a friend of mine named Johnny Webb and Johnny has his own show, but, um, and we were talking about Robert because Robert also gets these like burns on his head and, and these impressions when he, he's having this connection to, um, aliens for the most part. Um, he has a lot of interactions with extraterrestrials and, you know, and these things start happening. It just appears on his head. It's not like he's rubbing his head. Like you'll start seeing like oh, an Omega symbols to start appearing. You can see the videos. They're on on our um, Inside the Goblin Universe um, YouTube page. And um, and at the end of so we're talking about this. And at the end of it, after like five hours, <laughs> you know, like a three, four hour, like three hour interview, two hour, you know, whatever interview prior to it, you know, just chilling out and hanging. Cause it's a big time difference between where he is in the Netherlands and whatever. Um, you know, Ron's dropping off cause it's, it's late. So it's just me and Johnny he goes, uh, Robert goes, I got to go to bed. I'm like, okay, thanks for, you know, for being on here. And I'm friendly with him. And he goes, did he, did, did, did Robert tell you about the, you know, did he tell you about the tentacles? And I'm like, no, you didn't tell me about tentacles. What are, they, what are you talking about? So he, Robert's sleeping one night, he gets this impression and he gets visited in, uh, mentally by these, uh, these extraterrestrials. And they said, we need to meet with you. You need to go to this location. 
He gets a psychic impression in his head, whatever. And he goes there and it's in a field off the roadway and he's standing in the field off the roadway and he's waiting for something to happen. He's kind of getting a little discouraged. Then he sees this thing come up and appear in the sky and it looks like a little dot and then it gets bigger and it goes from a circle into an egg formation. Then it kind of goes down lowers and out of this craft appear two extraterrestrials. Now they look like grays, longer gray extraterrestrials, not the little ones like you see in the Whitley Streeter, but taller ones, but they have tentacles growing off their body. And they're telling him, you need to tell the world about us. You need to, you know, show show the world that we exist and, and, and tell us. Robert's like, no one's going to believe me. No one's going to believe me. Like, I have no proof. I, I'm going to, I'm going to come off as a crazy lunatic, you know, type of thing. And they're like, no, 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 no. We'll give you proof. They, they, and literally looks like octopus tentacles. Okay. They remove the tentacles from their bodies and drop them to the ground for him. So I'm like, are you kidding me? Johnny goes, no, dude, we have them. Johnny sends me the photos. These are the tentacles. And they look like octopus arm, but it's, there's a weirdness to it. It doesn't look like a standard octopus arm. It's it, there is a, an oddity to it. That's got the suction cups and everything. So Johnny has a friend who's a fishmonger. The whole family's been fishmongers since the be, you know, whatever generation, but generate, generate. They know he goes, what do you make of this? And he's like, it looks like an octopus, but not, there's something weird about it. So they start looking at, he goes, I know basically everything that swims in this ocean. We've fished everything. And I've never seen anything like this before in my life. It has that feel of an octopus, but there's something else wrong with it. So Johnny goes, yeah, you know, that's why I came to you because you're in the business. You know, you're an expert. He goes, yeah, I don't know what the hell this is. So then Johnny goes up to the uh, English um, uh, museum, British museum, and he pays for DNA results. You know, he does it with them and a couple other people. And he's waiting and they said, oh, your results, you know, your results will be in. And he goes to get the results and said, no, we can't release that to you. <laughs> and they couldn't release it. I mean, he still, they still have the tentacles. They're, they're frozen. They're kept and they're preserved. They were only allowed to take um, little bits and pieces of it, but they have tentacles from Robert's tentacles from extraterrestrials. He has them. I would love to see some and, pictures and, of and this too. Tells me this, oh, oh yeah. I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to find them in my thing. And I'm like, you know, this is, you're telling me this is great radio and you're telling this is where all the video podcasting. I'm like, you're telling me this now. Because <laughs> when I was doing the first podcast with that, you know, we had the Skype stuff, which was great. And I was recording the Skype and that's a heavy load to record on Skype. You know, so I was taking the video from the Skype. I was stripping it out, making an audio podcast up there. And then I would sit there and I'd edit the audio and video at the same time. So I'm going to have to pull out one stream. You know, it's a pain. Otherwise it doesn't sync up. But um, at one time, I think it's actually... It may actually, those pictures may actually be online on one, the end of one of the podcasts, but if I find them, I'll, I'll share it with you. Oh, hell yeah. And I'll, I'll send you, yeah, I'll send you those pictures. I'll have to include them in the show description yeah. too, if you can find them, because I'm sure the listeners would love to see them too. It's, it's really bizarre. And you know, you're going to get listeners like, oh, I, you know, we've been in the fish business. That's a blah, 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 Pacific North, blah, 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 uh, octopus. 
the guy, you know, when you have no dog in the fight, there's no reason for you to lie to somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the only time you lie to people is with your kids when you're eating something funky, like a Vienna sausage and you're like, dad, what are you eating? Unicorn blood. <laughs> Just a freaking. <laughs> it's all mine. You can't unicorn. have any. You oh, dad, dad's eating unicorns. <laughs> Just play with them. My, my youngest gets it. She's like, stop. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was, it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. I mean, like, seriously, we can go for hours, but I don't want to kill you or your editing skills or, you know, getting the audio right. <laughs> well, that just leaves a doorway yeah. because I would definitely love to have yeah. you come back on the show sooner rather than later. That'd be great. I mean, Al and I have a couple of good stories together and there's, there's another, yeah, we, you know, me, whatever, Al, both of us. But if you can have both of us, you better have the antipasto for them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess with that, starting to wrap it up, uh, I always like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So if there's any <laughs> words of wisdom that you could bestow on the listeners, what would it be? Um, I got a couple of them. One of them that I gave you earlier is from Jimmy Dugan, Avoid the Clap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's from Future League, um, whatever it is. But um I remember Rosemary Ellen Guiley um, was a friend of mine. She was doing a presentation. She was giving her books out about gin, the gin, you know, um, the relationship there. And it's very true. Be very careful what you wish for. Um, Cause you may get it and you may not want what you're wishing for. And um, always protect yourself. Even when you're going into a haunt, you know, like a haunted fun house or whatever, Put salt in your pocket. Believe in a higher power because they do exist. I'm living proof of this right now. Um, and protect yourself. Ask for God to protect you. You know. And if you one more piece of advice, if you're going to go paranormaling or hunting or whatever you want to call it, don't go by yourself. <laughs> Always have a buddy. Yeah, it, it's actually for safety reasons to have a buddy. And always make sure they're a slower yeah. runner than you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's part. <laughs> Depends where you're going with it, but yeah, with a dog man in the area, yeah, want somebody who's not going to be that quick. <laughs> yeah. That's a really big fat kid, you know, like chunk. Let that happen. <laughs> just carry some steaks with you. Just throw some steaks off. <laughs> Hansel and Gretel some steaks. <laughs> I don't think it's the old Rock Ridge, but it's a real Rock Ridge. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. Hansel and Gretel is ass. Uh, yeah, that's about it. And, you know, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. And I'm more than welcome to come back and whatever you want. Absolutely you appreciate know. it, man. Um, and for anybody that's enjoyed the conversation, <laughs> uh, for anybody that's enjoyed yeah. the conversation, where can they come and find you and all your work at? Um, I have so many different things. Bronxville Paranormal Society, New York State UFO Project. New York State Sasquatch Organization, New York, North, uh, North, um, New York State Dogman Project. Um, I do my own stuff, uh, BrianBowden.com, which I'm still working on building. It's just, I, you know, life is throwing me a curveball. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, everything. Apparently, I'm on some new other Snap thingy that my daughter sent me. <laughs> so you can just find me if you if you have questions or or whatever. You say, hey, I heard you on the show. You know. Um, what about this or whatever? Introduce yourself before sending me a friend request, if that's the case. Um, because if I don't know who you are, no, I'm not looking for a uh, 
a Nigerian prince cousin that has billions of dollars. You know, all you think, all you need to do, I just need to borrow some money for a minute, and I'll give it right back, and I'll give you ten times as much. (laughs) Sure, let me put my wife on for you. (laughs) (laughs) She can let you borrow nothing. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anywhere you can. I'm on, you know, again, not to promote myself. But if you want to see me doing some of these things, Discovery Plus, I was on Into the Unknown with Cliff Simon, uh, Alien Invasion, Hudson Valley, actually a couple of the shows that you kind of can't get on Discovery, but um, a UFO Witness and uh, Season 2, Episode 2. Um, and I talk about human mutilations on that. That was good. Ooh, I bet. Yeah, it was good. No one's ever, no one talks about the human mutilations, but I did. I scared the crap out of Melissa at that point, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> so, and hopefully I'll be in some other stuff. Um, and it's not about, you're not going to get famous doing this stuff. Like, like you're not rich, getting rich. I just want to be able, I, I always talk to Al, you know, about this. I said, I the only reason why I want my own show to do paranormal stuff is so I can play with really expensive equipment that we would want to use on investigation. I want the $60,000 drone. That's also the FLIR camera, you know, <laughs> to play with. And I don't have to pay for it. And if it breaks, it's not my problem. You know, that's the only reason why I want to do the show, but I also want to do a show because I'm tired of all these shows that don't show proof. They, they, they allude to crap and they drag you along and drag you along. And it just pisses me off. It's just shock you know, factor and entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I don't need the carrot putting my in front of my face you know i know what a carrot is just give me the damn carrot <laughs> but little that do you know you're never going to get the carrot <laughs> at least in those shows and and when we were talking about portals i always wanted to say you know the cake is lie <laughs> <laughs> if you're a portal person you'll get that definitely <laughs> cake is a lie. Um, but yeah that's pretty much it uh, I really appreciate you making the time to come on the show today, and I've really enjoyed this conversation, man. And I'm really looking forward to the next time we get to interact. And I really think that the uh, listeners are really going to enjoy this one, and I'm sure they're going to be waiting for the next one too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's my pleasure. It's great you know, doing it, and give me a call. You got my digits, and you know I'm there. Anytime I get to talk, my wife, and my kids would be like, "Take them." <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at too. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fun stuff because. No one uses their brain anymore. Ain't that the truth? And it's all about using your brain. And I like theories because your theories, you can touch on some stuff that that I was searching for and maybe having a brain fart or wasn't in, it's, it maybe wasn't said the right way when I was thinking about it, you know, mentally. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> you know, then that, that could trigger something that's really important, you know? So... But remember, don't talk about the dogman. Otherwise, they cut your audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. If you guys are enjoying Increase of Our Reality, don't forget to uh, go and hit that five-star button. Or if you're feeling extra, go and uh, leave an awesome typed-out review on iTunes, and I will read them on the show, of course, and give you guys a shout-out. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me for any reason, whether it's being a guest, you feel you can contribute something to the show, anything at all, don't hesitate. Um, if you just want to sit down and have a conversation, uh, shoot me a message also. So... There's multiple ways to get a hold of me. Uh, one being through email, which is inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com. 
Uh, you can also go to the link tree and up at the top, there's a submission form, which will go directly to my email also. And like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, more often than not, it seems like that stuff goes to the spam or junk folder. So keep an eye out there because I do respond to every single email and message that I get. Everything that I've mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash increase of our reality podcast. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.